I was wrapping my head all week on how to finish out the, the this, uh, this this final weekly episode of the greatest podcast ever made, Skinny with Mike and Adam. You the know greatest. This, I know this. Yes. Yes. But um, so you know, instead of just instead of starting the episode with a silly dumb joke mm. that you know is just half scribbled on my phone and you know, know. Yeah, it gets a half chuckle something, every now and then. Something incestuous I, always. It's always something incestuous. I'm fingering my mom. It's right. always fun. But uh, I, I figured I'd just share a nice little story from when I was a kid. Okay. So, you know, you know, back when I used to live on Guam, I have to walk to, I have to, I have to, walk to and from school. And uh, on my way home from both school ways. one day, both ways, yes. yes. Uh, uh, but um, on my way home from school one day, I saw a snake. It's, oh. it's not uncommon. Okay. There are snakes, there are brown tree snakes all over the place. Okay. And it looked kind of like satiated and it looked like, you know, it, it literally hadn't eaten in a while. So I was like, well, I didn't eat my lunch. I still have my sandwich in my backpack. Maybe I can give it a little bit of something. You know, I tried giving it like the ham, didn't want it. Tried giving like the, the tomato, the lettuce, didn't want it. When I finally gave it the bread, it like, oh, it finally got, you know, it finally, mm. it finally, you know, nibbled on the bread. I was like, oh, well, this, this snake likes bread, I guess. So I come back, I come back, uh, you know, the next day uh, in, in that same spot. There's, that snake is still there. It's just just chilling, feeling a little bit better. Luckily, luckily for that snake, I still have, I still have another sandwich in my snake. It's like, well, he likes the bread. I'll, I'll give him I'll give him the bread one more time. Yes, yes. And uh, this this goes on for the next couple of days. Man, this is um, a long ass joke. Huh? This is a long joke. I'm or story. A story, Adam. A story. I'm sorry. A story of my youth <laughs> to end out this podcast. Gotcha. Anyway, this goes on Brown for a snake. couple of days, and, and then um and then finally um. One day, the snake, you know, it's it's, it's wiggling about now. And it, it it looks like it's super healthy now. Yes. And then full I of and so, and, and I, full of carbs, you know, of course. And then I give it some more bread. It doesn't want it anymore. I was mm. like, I was like, wait, wait a minute, what's 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 going on? But uh, uh, but um, so I I, I I keep giving it more and more food. Keeps keeps looking at it. Doesn't want it anymore. But mm. um, um, you know, and, and then I tried my best to. Maybe look for like I, there was also a pet store. I was like, well, maybe the snake wants some other food. So I go to the pet store, and and it turns out it you know it doesn't want that food either because you know my anaconda don't want none unless you got buns, hun. They don't sell buns <laughs> at the pet store. No, they don't. No, they, they sell don't. mice and rats and other snakes. Now I'm ashamed of my words and deeds. <laughs> I should have I should have come up with a better joke than that. This was all around 1990, 1991. Yep. Yep. Okay. <laughs> but uh, yes, welcome. You didn't say it was to... an anaconda. You said it was a brown snake. Shut up, Adam. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Oh, I, was just, I was building you up just okay. to let you down. Every neighborhood in Guam has a neighborhood <laughs> The neighborhood anaconda. anaconda who don't want none unless you got buns, hon. Right. Yeah. We but uh, anyway, uh, uh, welcome to episode 279. Yep. Possibly, potentially, the final episode of Skinny with Mike and Adam. We want to do, you know, other things like, you know, the, the end of the year. 
we'll get together every now and then. But this yes. could be potentially the last episode ever. The, and, and, and the Bets episodes. The Bets episodes. The Super Bowl episode is the most widely downloaded episode every year. For so some reason. That's where we got to keep that going. Yeah. What other, what other annual things have we had? Oh, boy. I guess that's about it. Yep. We can't do the annual top 100 list because that's just... We already did slight, it. Slight variations. We got, like... That was a big, big viewership increase. Yeah. And then we already reviewed Sleepwalkers by Brian Fallon. So you already know what Adam's new number one is. <laughs> so... But what's his number two is the Ooh. real question. Is it... I don't AFI. know. Limbs? <laughs> it's do they, limbs. Do they make a giant leap by the end of the year? <laughs> stay tuned. <laughs> yeah. Stay tuned. Stay subscribed to us. But in all seriousness, so uh, we're going to take this time. It's probably going to be a nice casual one. It's going to be a nice uh, long one. We're not going to rush it at all. Very long. My wife already rolled her eyes in anticipation of how long this could take. Who who cares? <laughs> because we often said like, oh, it's okay. We just need a little bit over an hour yeah. to record. And she'd be like, that's bullshit. You know it takes you longer than that. Yeah. So this time I actually told the truth. Yeah. And said <laughs> it will be a long one because today you hear my story. Finally get to hear Adam's side of the Adam's story. Adam's side of the story. I feel like I've held back too long. <laughs> Probably. Without telling about my life. You know me with my mouth diarrhea. I just can't <laughs> shut up about my life. Uh, but what you're uh, supposed to say right there was, Adam, hold on. We have important things to talk about first. <laughs> yes, uh, that's true. <laughs> um, but, but in all seriousness, we do have a lot to talk about. We have a lot to read, oh. too. Um, people, people sent us some uh, really long messages, really long, really sweet messages. Uh, and before Is it we as get long in, as my dissertation on my album? Uh, you know, I, I touted <laughs> um, last week when we talked about Still Searching by uh, Senses Fail. My skinny essentials. Yes. Uh, but I, I touted like, oh, Adam, Adam, I've got two and a half pages or whatever. Adam's like, you said three. Well, did I say three? Yeah. Well, one of them was like a page of, uh, of, of letters from our fans. Okay. But uh, yeah, it's two and a half pages. But Adam comes. Adam shoots back. He's like, ha ha, fuck you. I've got <laughs> four pages. Four and one half. Oh my god. Single spaced. Wow. With an intro and an outro. <laughs> See, the, the the time it takes him to read all that is longer than the album he's going to be it's talking about. It's very possible. <laughs> but it's going to be a fun one. Uh, Adam will discuss uh, his skinny essentials this week. And I've got a lot of questions, too, because, you know, okay. I've studied the album all week. And, you know, it's, it's an album that. that's seeped in metaphors. It's seeped Quite. in in, pro- in possibly a coast that we don't live in. That's so, right. There know, is visual imagery. Lots of visual of imagery. Other things we don't understand. And mm. granted, I did put a disclaimer in here. New York streets. Of I'm not sure if this is what the album means, but it's what <laughs> it means to me. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, America. Correct. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I think I did a pretty good job last week of uh, at least uh, applying a lot of the very broad messages from that album to my life. And you know, I'm sure there's yes. a lot of things that I got wrong. If, if Buddy Nielsen was here in the room with us, which we tried to do a couple times. <sighs> just just once. A couple times. A couple times. Mm. I mean, we anyway. got closer to him than we did ever with Brian Fallon. That's true. Right? We got to remember that. That's true. <laughs> we, can hang our head, we can hang our heads up high for that right. one. Right. At but least uh, he like made eye contact with you. You know, if I were to discuss that album with him, he'd probably be no, you're you're wrong, fag. You're wrong. On that one. Because Pull the Thorns from Your Heart is the greatest census fail <laughs> album to ever yes, be released. And you guys are idiots. Uh you fucking idiots. Uh but uh but we do want to also let you, let you guys know um even though this is going to be the last weekly show, please say subscribe to us. 
Um, yeah. I don't think it costs you anything to no. stay subscribed to us. I've, I've stayed subscribed to my dead podcast. Oh, yes. And then you get surprised with the Dead Bedouins episode yeah. once a year. And it was a great episode. And it was great. But, uh, but, but, uh, but we also want to let you guys know that you, can, you should also stay liked to us on social media because then we will let you know when, the, when there is an episode coming. That way, right. you, that way you stay prepared. You'll know. You'll know. And uh, also, uh, a couple of you guys uh, friended me last week, so if, I'm going to uh, extend that invitation out again. If you want to keep in touch on my personal Facebook page, uh, you can go to facebook.com slash mike.jason.mccullough, M-C-C-U-L-L-O-U-G-H, or you can like, or you can follow me on Instagram at MikeWearsPrada. I'm so clever. Aren't I? I know. Mike wears Prada. You can see adorable pictures of his <laughs> of, my, of his girlfriend of my... with a giant tiger head backpack. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that truly was a great photo. <laughs> it was, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, but uh, but um, if, if you need um, some music, some weekly music news in your life, uh, I think we can probably safely recommend yes. our, our friends Ian Hates Music. Yes. Uh, you know, they, 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 they are a lot different than the way we do our show. They, 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 they're a lot more... Um, professional sure professional is a good a good word uh they also uh they're 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 a lot more um crap what is the word in the scene in the scene going yeah. to warp tour sure I, I'm, I'm supposed to get my letter uh, this week oh if it's supposed to i'm supposed to if i haven't got it now i mean it's probably tonight but uh <laughs> but uh but they're but they're a lot more um what's the word i'm looking for adam I don't know. They listen to a lot more music than us. And okay. if you want to hear of things that you've never heard of before, then uh, they're yes. the they're the one. Yes. If you're look to. if you're looking to if you're looking to discover new music, Ian hates music is a great way to uh, do that. Tell them the skinny sent you. Uh, say hi to Dave for us. Hey, Dave is a friend of the show. He's been That's on right. the show a couple times, but you only heard that once. Uh, but uh, yeah, and 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 our, our friend Ian, uh, our friend Rick Wellbanks also does a great podcast that. He probably will never ever do again. <laughs> so subscribe to him. That, that's cool too. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. The Dead Bedouins maybe once a year for Lucky. Yeah, and everybody else. I think Dead is, Bedouins is, is dead. probably not for everybody, but uh, uh, but for most. But for most. <laughs> uh, so let's get into some. The final time we will be reading some brown paper packages unsolicited by some skinheads at Skin S K I N N. So it's not racist. That's right. That's right. It's it's less. It's twenty five percent less racist. Correct. When you spell it with two n's. <laughs> this one comes from probably uh, our, our most our most dedicated listener, the first person to actually reach out to us on the show. Uh, he's given us lots of recommendations. He's given us lists. He's participated in our show topics. That's right. He gives us his he gives us feedback, and I think overall he's one of the people that helped make this show. Um, a lot better uh, throughout the weeks, and uh, we, we've Probably. taken his feedback and we've expanded on it, and 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 we really want to thank Daniel for all of his contributions to the show. Go, Daniel. Uh, we, yeah, we we had a lot of episodes that were. Um, we're probably dedicated to Daniel because he he asked us to re- uh, to review in full, um, like me without you and right. things like that. So uh, Daniel writes to us first off, "Fuck you, Mike." Yep. That's the end of the letter. I don't, <laughs> that's it. I don't, that, the end. That's that, that, that's really mean, Daniel. <laughs> Love Daniel. <laughs> no podcast should make me straight up cry like Whoa. I did listening to this episode. I thought you might decide on a census fail album, but man, oh man, am I glad you did. I already loved Still Searching, but man, those songs hit like a semi with your commentary. It's really interesting yes. that you and I seem to have similar backgrounds. And maybe you should do your own podcast together. We should probably have... I bet I sh- Daniel doesn't have two children to take care of. That's true. At the tender age of 
20-ish. Yes. <laughs> Hit me up, Danny. Uh, while I have a marginally better relationship with my dad, I still have a lot of issues related to childhood that probably have done irreversible damage oh God. to my life. Oh, God. Well, not as... We're turning into that podcast. We are that podcast. Just wait now. until my album. But oh, anyway, back to I Daniel. I know, right? Back to Daniel. <laughs> uh, while not as lega- legalistic and condemning, my religious upbringing uh, has also created some deep-seated issues that have, that have taken me years to sort out, and I'm still working through. I, I think the album that I consider the one that I identify with the best reflects that. That album would be Me Without You. Oh, this stupid computer. <laughs> Scrolling down. Scrolling down. Sorry. Me Without You. Catch for Us the Foxes. Whoa. It's not the best. He, I not, know. He never recommended this one no, to he us, didn't. which was interesting, well, even though we kept on saying, we should go listen to that band's discography. And, and we never, and we haven't done that. But <laughs> we'll we get have around t- to it. We have the time now. Plenty of time. Uh, Finally got it right. Catch for Us the Foxes. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the best or even my favorite Me Without You album, but I think it is the most emotion. It has the most emotional lyrics. Each song has lines that hit so close to me. Um, and then he goes and he sends us a, a long dissertation for each song yes. what they mean to him uh, a little I, bit a little bit fewer lines than what i wrote but yeah. still i mean i can get the gist of it correct yes <laughs> so what we're going to do daniel is that we're going to keep this to the side and uh, we're going to listen to this uh, uh independently and then um we're uh, and we're gonna you know take your inspiration to heart when we're thinking of the when we're thinking of the songs and damn street and when we like get that. back together again we'll review it in like a, a, in the real way, it should be. That is a good idea. We will keep that in the back burner. But thank you for your, I don't know, just just being truthful and honest. Yes. Well, as music well, should be. Well, overall, <laughs> he says here on the album, I think the reason this album connects so hard is because I was in a very similar situation as Aaron. Suicidal to the point that my clinging to God is the only thing that kept me from ending it. Good Lord. It's a uh, <laughs> heavy podcast already. <laughs> Jeez. I thought uh, I wasn't at work right now. I mean, <laughs> what am I talking about? Well, Adam, 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 Adam takes out the garbage. That, that's what his job is. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, it's also why Me Without You is my favorite band. I feel like I'm following Aaron on his journey, and like him, I'm, I've come out on the other side with a better outlook on life and a better, more pure belief in God. Sorry for the long rant, but I figured I might as well go all out. Damn straight. Damn straight. This is the, this is the best time to do it. Super excited to hear next week's episode. And again, love you guys, and will always be a huge fan of the show. Which is always the interesting thing, since Me Without You has another album coming out this year. Yeah, yeah. and then you get nervous, like when when one of their albums was like the album of your entire life. Yeah, exactly. And you're just like, oh god, this is going to be a new one that I have to try to add to this fold. Yes. So uh, we'll, we'll is that hope why for the everyone best. hates Erase Me? That's why everyone hates Erase Me. <laughs> And uh, why we have our feelings about every little light I shine. What's what is it? Since this fails, new album. Every little light I shine. I'm gonna let it shine. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> there is light, it will find you. Yes, because yeah. we hold. We just have this bar. Yeah. That sometimes we worry can't be met. Yeah. But we'll hope for the best. It's a weird album. relationship we have with this music, and 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 also to 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 comment on Daniel's first line of this letter, fuck you, Mike. <laughs> I, I I wasn't trying to I I, I know he was I know he was like half joking but like I, I wasn't trying to you know like make anybody pity me or make anybody sad I think the whole point of that um of, the, of, of talking about that and I think the whole point of you bringing up these last two episodes is yes. to kind of show the power of music yes and is to kind of explain that pa- music does have this power 
to make you look at your own life in a different way and, and also to help you understand that you're not alone sometimes. Right. Even when you don't want it to, it still does. Yes. <laughs> Which keeps you coming back to it. Yeah. In a weird sort of, I don't know. Stockholm syndrome sort of way. Masochistic yeah. kind of way. <laughs> but anyway, uh, let's just see. to gain some perspective on certain years, perhaps. So I had a lot of, I had a lot of chatting with, uh, with, uh, with our listeners who wrote in the, this past week. Okay. Um, you know, I, I, I thank Daniel and I, you know, I, I, I told him, you know, I told him that we'll, we'll be listening to that album very soon and keep his, uh, his, uh, his, th- his thoughts about it in mind. Uh, and I also said, like, uh, well, well, you know, if I apologize for nothing, P.S., I apologize for nothing. If I have to be sad, you all have to be sad, too. <laughs> Daniel goes on to write, uh, thanks so much, Mike. Yeah, some days are worse than others, and I still have a lot of issues of self-loathing that I struggle with. But I look back to where I was in the, when I first heard this album, and even just last year, and I know that I've come, uh, and I know that I've come, how far I've come, uh, if, and I've got a long road ahead. But I've got a long, but it'll be a long road ahead. I'm sorry. I'm, You're uh, ruining everything for him. The emotions are, <laughs> the emotions. Uh, so much emotions. Ironically, it's just God. like another Me Without You lyric. I'm not the boy I was, but I'm not yet the man that I'll be. There you go. Can't understate how much you and you show, you guys and your show means to me. And don't worry. I'll still be hitting you guys up with recommendations. There you go. So we got plenty of list. We got plenty of list to listen to in this slow year that's, no that's do, we even, do we even know what's coming out in june yet uh oh, oh dance game and dance well i'm excited about uh, that bullet for my valentine yes finally <laughs> owl city even better my favorite child molester right <laughs> what <laughs> didn't he get in trouble for owl city for for teenage girl stuff Whoa, where did you read this? I don't know. I remember hearing about it, though. We can't end the show anymore. We have to follow up on this news. There's so much news to go. <laughs> but thank you, Daniel, for thank your... Thank you so much for everything, ...support Daniel. and yes. likes and, yeah, it just... It helped when, you know, the podcast seemed to be, you know, just going out into the ether. Yeah. And then it's, it's like, oh, hey... Have, it's good to have faces to our to our audience right. sometimes, you know? And then you realize they're, like, on the other side of the country, and you're like, holy crap. Yeah. We, we reached that far. All right, and, cool. you know, and I see the analytics. It reaches, like, internationally, too. International superstars. Woo, we are so famous. <laughs> <laughs> we have yet another listener who, is, who has been uh, uh, you know, very dedicated to um, t- uh, writing into the show. He's also sent us a lot of recommendations. He's a fellow musician. Uh, yes. And and he's he's got a great band out there. They got a great single. Go check it out. Skinhead Brandon. <laughs> also uh, uh, also another uh, another reason why our show done so well. He, he and he also very very graciously wrote his own top one hundred list. That's right. Sent to us that we dedicated a couple episodes <laughs> to. Oh, that was an incredible, it was good. incredible couple of episodes that we did. Uh, thank you so much, Brandon, for all your support. Oh man, the time is upon us going to miss having my weekly dose of the skinny, but most definitely be looking out for future episodes. I want to talk about my first experience with your show. Ah. Last year was a pretty rough year for me. And a lot of crappy things happened, and to top it off, I missed an entire week of work and a show with my band because I had the flu. Ah. And on top of that, good old depression paid me a visit. No. So during my sick and depressed week, I had nothing else to do but to listen to podcasts. I had exhausted the ones I already listened to, so I scoured the iTunes store for new ones. Wow. I came across your guys' show as a recommended podcast for listening to the Mike Herrera Hour. Who's Mike Herrera? I don't know. Is that 
Ah, crap. I should know these things. I, I, at first, I thought that was the lead singer of the Devil Wears Prada, but his name is like Mike Haranka? Something like that. Something like that? Maybe Mike Herrera is like the lead singer of Suicidal Tendencies. Right? Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I think my very first episode was, was the top 10 of 2016 episode. You guys had included uh-huh. several albums that were in my top of that year as well. So I was hooked. Cool, cool. I was just glad to find a review podcast that wasn't all about mediocre medical. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> but in all seriousness, your show was able to lift me up out of one of the most trying times in my life and continued to not only be a source of information and entertainment, but an escape from the nonsense of everyday life. And I want to sincerely thank you guys for that. Wow, cool. I also want to talk about the, the whole life album idea. I love it. And I'm very ex- interested in what Adams might be, and I'm very glad to hear that Mike chose Still Searching. I'm inspired to go through mine and take notes like you did. I already know that I would have picked The Artist in the Ambulance by Thrice, uh-huh. just not exactly sure what I'd say about it yet. Hmm. Okay. I, uh, that's a great album. Yeah. And, and you know, and from what I know about Brandon, it makes perfect sense that Artist in the Ambulance would be you know, because it, not only it's 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 a very influential album in the music scene, mm-hmm. but for some for a person of faith, I can see how that album you would you, be very influential in your personal life. It was very well. influential to me, that is for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, uh, I really enjoyed you being so open about your life and how the album impacted you. Also, as someone as someone who is still of faith, I find it very interesting to hear about someone's decision to walk away from it. Though I have a very, though I have been very fortunate to have a mostly positive experience with the church, there was a point in my life where I attended the Pentecostal church, and that was a very negative experience. However, I feel it had a yes. very positive outcome. It taught me not how not to act yes. and treat people. Very good. So very good. That Everybody you... I've talked to who's been Pentecostalist said the same thing. <laughs> good. Oh my God, that sounds like a really uh, rough one. All that being said, I have. Uh, I, I had very ex- uh, similar experiences with the church members not willing to openly discuss certain things and telling me to just, quote, trust God and, mm. quote, pray, uh, and never give, giving me any real help. And uh, that's kind of like where I was coming from when, yep. I, was, when I was young. You know? It's People. interesting how hardcore Christian and hardcore Catholic are similar at times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it kind of is. When you're, when, you're, when you're kind of like inundated with uh, faith, faith-based relief, uh, beliefs your whole life and right. – you're, that's like the only thing you're talking. Like, hey, Dad, what's two plus two? Just pray. You know, you know, you know. <laughs> Jesus says, "Don't touch yourself." <laughs> that's all that you should be uh, thinking about right now. <laughs> uh, my views on faith have changed very drastically over the years, and uh, where even though I still believe, a lot of Christians would probably be be more mad for what I believe now than if I had just walked away altogether. I can elaborate Satan. in a separate discussion if you'd like. Satan, Satan, it's definitely <laughs> Satan. Oh man. <laughs> but anyways. Can't wait to hear your what Adam's life album is. Thank you for being so open and honest about them. Also, no judgment on the faith thing. I just prefer to talk to people who uh, believe differently than myself. Just want to make sure that I didn't come off as judgmental when I said that. No judgment at all, and I completely understand where you're coming from. Yeah. And I'm glad that you know you took a negative experience and just kind of you know used that to to, to walk a more positive uh, role in life. And you That's know, even good to hear. Our, yeah, even though our ideologies aren't aren't um, Aren't, aren't similar, you know, we can still be friends and we can still have these kind of discussions. We can have them in a mature way and, you know, not be my dad, and, <laughs> exactly. you know, and, 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 and just like Brandon, I do like to talk, you know, with other people who think differently. And, and I, and I, and as, you know, as long as you're willing to have a, you know, a nice discussion about it, cause I'm, 
not one who's just going to like bash you for believing differently than me. More than likely, you do believe differently than me. So, but um, it, but it's important to have these discussions. It's important to open people up to different ways of thinking, not just yours. Right. Don't and live to, in an echo chamber. And to be respectful of and others. And to be respectful, and like, Dad. You was going to hell. You was going to hell, you devil spawn. <laughs> Satan's got his hold on you, boy. Uh, <laughs> you know, again, we had a nice, I had a nice little discussion with uh, Brandon earlier in the week. Uh, wow, that's a long message. I sent him. Mike wrote a dissertation in return. Yeah. So uh, again, so Brandon just kind of goes goes on, and then, you know, and we, we kind of uh, expound a little bit on what he discussed. So thank you again, Brandon, for everything that you've done for the show. Everything, every every cause every time that you you sit down and write a message to us, that means a lot to us because that means that you're you're thinking about this and you're doing that because we put a silly little episode out on our free time, you know, and it means Connected a lot to us. in a good way. That's yeah, all that matters, I guess. Exactly. Uh, we got one more really nice uh, message we'd like to read from a friend of the show, Dave. Uh, Skinhead Dave, Dave. Skinhead Dave. Uh, he is the co-host of Ian Hates Music, like we said. Go check out his show. Uh, they, they they have new episodes every Thursday for the most part. Pretty much. Uh, and Ian has uh, interviews that come out every Monday, I believe, I for the most part. Uh, and he's going to Warp Tour. And he's going to Warp We've Tour. We've been there. Have fun. Oh. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully uh, you get to meet more than just one acoustic tent artist. That was our fault. We did not know where the press area was. <laughs> they didn't tell us. No, they didn't. The wristband line was ridiculous. Oh, boy. Anyway. <laughs> uh, uh, but I also re- recommend don't stalk Lynn Gunn. It's going to make her very uncomfortable. I think you should stalk Lynn Gunn. You think you should? Yeah. Okay. Just for the experience. <laughs> Everybody should stalk Lynn Gunn. I know. But they, they really don't like her, so they'll probably keep their distance from her, mm-hmm. even if she was there, which she's not. So uh, <laughs> Dave talks a little bit about the album that he feels like would be his uh, Dave Essentials. Mm. Um, so my album hits ho- Okay, so oh, my album that hits home. And I can easily give you a track-by-track breakdown on it as well. I will send it over once I'm finished typing it, but it's without a doubt like Moths to Flames, Dying Things We Live For. Whoa. Now, that is, that's a out of left park. I would have never guessed that kind of album. Left Park, yes. Left Park. <laughs> you know I mean? It left the park. The left what... Park, yes. <clears throat> so you have more experience with this band than I do. I've only heard yes. the most recent album. I like the most recent album. Yes, it was fair. It was fair, yes. But um, not a not a big fan of the of the first three. And this was album number. I I think the one, two, or three. One of those. It's Dang. one of it's one of the first four. I'll, we'll, we'll break it down another day, I guess. <laughs> yes. Uh, since this is the week of week to week episodes leading to the hiatus, I will have to say there is no podcast like yours. Whoa. Being in the same room and knowing each other really adds to the feeling of the show. Hands I, down. Part of me feels like that did help out a lot. Oh yeah, because we got we like were, we uh, were retarded friends with each other for like four years before podcasting. Sure, yeah. Because usually this kind of started from you and me hanging out when I was getting my haircut with your wife. Yeah. And then I was like, you know, we should like record this. <laughs> For some reason, I Why feel not? people will, will enjoy this, yes. but many years later. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> we'll have all these archived episodes, but we don't do them anymore. Right. Uh, uh, being in the same... Oh, yeah, yeah, I said that already. Uh, hands down, my favorite podcast. And I can confidently wow. say... I believe you guys can make a living what? doing these shows what? with the right marketing. I would love that. We should do this right now. All that time I spent in college, <laughs> flush it, because I, I would rather do this. I'm going to make podcasting bucks, baby. Man. 
Oh, but that 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 is really sweet of him. To I say really that. appreciate that, and, uh, and, and he knows his podcast. I'm just saying. Yeah, he does. Uh, it it's that good, especially within the past year or so. Yeah, I think the like, past couple of years have been like our best. Uh, yeah. Ever since like 2014, I would say like our. I don't best know episodes. where the change happened, where we finally got like less cringy. I, I like that you you told him our old podcast for <laughs> straight cocaine cringe fest, <laughs> straight up. <laughs> no, I'd say like around the time we started taking um, our end of the year reviews a lot more seriously, and we we, ne- we made that an event. Yes. Um, yeah, because like the first time we did it was 2012, and it was just like. Sure, Adam. What like, do you think? The entire A Day to Remember discography <laughs> That's is the one. my number seven of 2012. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then 2013, we took it a little bit more seriously. Mm-hmm. And then 2014, like, we went all out and we, yeah. we, we spent like an entire month making those lists. And it was fun. And that's I think serious. that's when our show like really hit its stride. Um, there, was a lot of, there was a lot of episodes in between those. So I'm just like wondering, there must have been something somewhere within there that got Well, we also started doing track-by-track track reviews around that time, too. Yeah. yeah, I think like a Skyla Drives review of Rise in 2013. I think that was the first one. That was did. the first one where I remember thinking like this is like one of the greatest albums we've ever yeah decided to do and yeah yeah like even the even <clears throat> the ones that we like just make fun of like bad albums so those, those always turn out really good. So. <laughs> yes, I like our show. Our show's good. It was all right. Uh, if it wasn't for your breakdowns of albums, I'd never be in love with arguably three of my top ten favorite artists today because I was too close-minded. To just like songs without screams or breakdowns, and I think I can. I, I think I'm really proud to hear that because I, I. There's one takeaway Definitely. from this show that I want people to 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 know is that there's a whole new world of music out there, not just of what you know you grew up with or what your friends listen to or just you know what your favorite band is. Um, go out and seek out different things. Some right. uh, for me, like it started off like. Um, cause like, I was kind of like that way. It's like, Oh, it has to be punk or it has to be hardcore. Yes. But then I started listening to bands that had similar elements. Mm-hmm. And then I started listening to bands that had similar elements in that. Mm-hmm. And then I was just like, fuck it. I'll, I'll listen to anything. That's why I was always surprised when like Mike would recommend an, an artist that didn't have screams. Yes. Like I just kind of assumed since he was so into my chemical romance before I was <laughs> like, Oh, that must be like the most death metal band of all time. So death metal. I know. Like they had that one welcome to the black parade song, but I'm sure that everything else is just <laughs> straight screaming for an hour and a half yeah that's the swing life away of my chemical romance <laughs> but then like it opened me up to more like you know actually listening to taking back sunday and yeah other artists like that and even like some pop albums too you know just straight up like lights you know some other electronic uh and, pop art and pop I, albums. and i know dave is very much a menzinger's fan yeah at this point too so i think that was one of the three proposed to his and wife with the brian fallon song i don't know if if it's brian fallon and then gaslight anthem as the other mm. two but or the dudes just kind of blend. I think we can. I think we can together. safely assume it's, it's, it's those. So um, whatever the third one might be, I'm not sure, but okay, <laughs> we'll, we'll just leave it open. open but Dave, it. it's been a, it's been a pleasure getting to know you, and I look forward to hearing you guys every week. Definitely uh, on the Ian Hates music. Uh, you know, you're welcome to. You know, we're, we're friends on Facebook as well. And if you can still be a full time father of four, good God, and do your podcast and listen to as much music as you Polite do, golf clap. Then, man, I mean, you're better man than I. Oh yeah. But, I mean, you're, you have more – at this point, you have more kids than the two of us combined. But I think in the middle of rural Ohio, like society, the the woods, <laughs> raise your children. That's true. Parents don't need to do much. <laughs> the witches of the woods just come and, like, you know, they wean your children mm-hmm. for you. Like, your kids wake up at a reasonable hour, like, you know, 8 o'clock in the morning. Oh, my God. And then they just – they go outside into the woods. Yes, and they come back for dinner. <clears throat> and they come back for dinner, maybe a little bloody, a little bruised, <laughs> but they don't talk about it. No. 
ever. The witches will eat you right. if you if you if you say their names. Right. Yeah. So that leaves plenty of time for parents to do podcasting. Correct. So out here in California, just I can't do that. So oh much. yeah. It's, I mean, we 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 we've paved all of the trees, so the witches <laughs> have nowhere to nowhere to hide. I know. We outed them. So we have to 60s. actually raise our own. T- <laughs> Ronald Reagan found them and murdered them all by with his bare hands. As exactly. Governor. We have to raise. So now, luckily, luckily, we have to raise our own children because we're we're more evolved than you Ohioans. Savages. <laughs> anyway, but in all more but power all, to you. I'll keep on listening every week. I absolutely. Yes, and uh, and, and, it, it's, and it's been a pleasure being your friend, and I look forward to talking to you some more. I look forward to hopefully meeting one day. And uh, and it, and that goes for like all of our listeners as well. And 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 just to also go back to the point about music, um, don't be afraid to branch out to what you already believe because you never know what your um, next favorite album is going to be in, and from very who. True. Very true. That's why I started listening to The Living End, mm. which was fine. That's fine. Not <laughs> not one of his favorite albums. <laughs> no, I mean the first couple albums are really good, but yeah, the last four are. 50-50 kind Correct. of. Correct. Yeah. And, 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 and one more point on, on, on the music front. Um, there's great examples both of good and bad in every genre. So don't just assume like, oh, post-hardcore or metalcore is the best genre. Right. No, because you have the Memphis Mayfires. You have yep. the Falling in Reverses. Yep. You have... And then you also have, you know, on, on the other spectrum, you have the Underoaths and... And, 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 the, and the Gautiers. And the Gautiers. <laughs> <laughs> the most metalcore band out, out there. Exactly. And the Childish Gambinos. Yeah. So if you if you look for it, you're going to find something you enjoy. Just open your mind up. Open, open your ears up. And, uh, and uh, just let the music take you, baby. Take it. That's the most important thing. Yes. So I cringe. My cousin took their kids to a Taylor Swift stadium show wow. in Denver and posted like video of it and stuff. And I was like, Oh God, I really hope like her, her kids are like eight ish. That's like, the perfect age for a Taylor Swift. Concert. My kid is five. And I'm like, so is eight when like the Taylor Swifts start creeping into the world. That's when I my daughter not. started listening to Taylor Swift. Dear God. Yeah. So I, but the I, only concerts my daughter has been to are, are lights concerts. Right. Again, no stadium shows. Again, you're the one paying for them. I know. They, they don't have the money to go to Taylor Swift <laughs> concerts. You can just not take them to Taylor Swift concerts. She's she's coming with me to see Brian Fallon there in you two go. years, I'm sure. Exactly. Maybe I'll invite Mike. And then she'll like cover her ears like, "Dad, this isn't music." <laughs> this isn't music, daddy. <laughs> this is just sad whining whining old man stuff. <laughs> daddy, the emo days are gone. <laughs> Uh, so speaking of albums albums is there anything else that you wanted to to talk about or say to our fans i don't know if we need to if we do like the summary of the last six years now do we save Mm. it for later because i feel like i'm gonna get emotional because i'm gonna just like lay my entire life story out on the on the okay well we can talk a little bit chopping block we can say goodbye to the show right now then okay and then we'll talk about the atom essentials okay so 2012 mm. there was nothing going on as we've discussed our 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 previous band had just broken up from 2011 into the first half of 2012 Rest it was in like peace the modern hymn 2011 to 2011, 2011. <laughs> <laughs> april to november something like that i think we played a few shows that there was, was like very little going on and it was just like mike and i were hanging out once a month so i can get a haircut mm-hmm. and we would laugh and laugh and talk about music and, and just you like, just discovered podcasting because you just went on your um, 
around uh, the country road trip, trip with your wife, and it was like, oh, hey, Mike, download me some of these 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 hip podcasters. I think my I thought my wife was the one that downloaded some Nerdist stuff. Somebody somebody asked me to get you guys some podcasts, and it she was, was just like, it's interesting because it's an interview. For like an hour. Yeah. And I'm like, that sounds boring as fuck. Yeah. Why would anybody listen to that? And then I started and I was like, oh, this this is why. I can't yeah. wait to hear more about from that comedian, TJ Miller. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I remember like the Joel McHale Nerdist episode, hmm. which was like episode freaking 12 yeah. of the Nerdist or something like that. Right now like, they're like in the 600s. <laughs> yeah. He released three a week. The ones I remember the most are Joel McHale, Zoe Deschanel, and... Key and Peel. Hmm. Like I remember listening to those ones and Zach Galifianakis during my trip. Yeah. And being like, they're just shooting the shit. Yeah. Like I could basically interview Mike and Mike can interview me and we could get an equal amount of comedic gold. Correct. <laughs> throw in some hate crimes. And we and we're we're set. <laughs> throw in some <laughs> some news. Right. Because we were topics. also we were also listening to The Bugle with John Oliver, mm. which was John Oliver and his friend slash other British comedian talking about current events talking about current events and I was like well if we throw in some current events then we could we could have some real essential stuff here yes we can have yeah. stuff to, to, to jump off of so it was like Paul McCartney's turning 70 and Amelia Earhart getting lost is turning 70 <laughs> <laughs> that was all happening around 2012 correct yeah and the Macarena was making a comeback no what no we talked about the Macarena somewhere in there oh my god because your mom was a certified my Macarinist. mom is a, moder- is a certified Macarena dancer she took a class it, it was because it was the songs of the summer 2012 mm. and call me maybe was the number one oh. song and then we they mentioned how Macarena was the song of 1997. Oh, and you t- t- told your story yes. about that. I don't. I don't think understand. I don't think people understand the severity of what I just said. My <laughs> mom took a class <laughs> and, and got is a certificate. It certified to be a Macarena dancer. She paid eight thousand dollars for a three-hour course. <laughs> she took. She took a second mortgage on her house. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mike. No food this week. <laughs> Rice and ketchup for you again, son. <laughs> anyway. Just like back in the hut. <laughs> yes. Do you well, have anything to say about that, Mike's dad? No. <laughs> anyway. The Jews and the Jews control the banks and media. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> so that was the start. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it gave us an excuse to get together every week, which right. was my goal. Yes. Because that's what I heard Chris Hardwick say that. Like it's he does this podcast because it's an excuse to get together with his friends yes. and have fun. And yeah. I was like, I have one of those friends. I have a friend. <laughs> I have a friend and no other friends. <laughs> oh, no. All of our other friends decide they don't want to play music with us anymore. I know. And move to Montana. So for some reason, I thought it would work. And then it did. And then fast forward to 2013. Yeah. Bam. Podcast Network. Podcast We're making network. history. <laughs> The Podbender Network gets <laughs> off the ground. Oh, man. <laughs> so many men. <laughs> Cricket. <laughs> Which is, uh, with other great shows like Nerd and the Jerk. And, and The Devil's Gen- Advocates. Devil's Advocates. And Soul Crushing Radio. Soul Crushing Radio. I heard an episode of them once. Generation Oddcast. And The Dead Bedouins. The dead. Oh, the dead Bedouins are great. And shit, Rick says. Shit, Rick says. So they all had their drama, but we like followed each other pretty steadily for about three to six months. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> and um. And then <clears throat> nobody decided to make any more episodes in the Pod right. Bender Network, except for us, baby. We kept it going. Devil's Advocates continued on. 
<clears throat> until 2017. J- they joined another network, but we know. But then they it. left that network shortly yeah. thereafter too. I don't, I don't so much that drama that like I was never a part of. Correct. Mike thought that they were angry at us for a while there because they were making jokes on their like on their um, pod bender after show or whatever. Where they yes, where they su- it's a podcast where they summarize what goes on in each of the pod bender networks. Right, it was like four weeks of just like steady content. Yes, so <laughs> much content. <laughs> and we we kept up with Generation Oddcast. Yeah. for a while they were pretty consistent, and they were always just stream of consciousness. Nothing. Yep. We talked to each other back drunken, and forth for ang- a little bit. Drunken, angry, yelling at each other. It, it was only an hour and twenty minutes, but it was the longest hour and twenty minutes. Yes, there were always, some. There right? were some gems in those episodes. There though, really where, was. Where they where they actually had stuff to talk about. Where they did sketches. Where they, yes. they did improv skits. That was fun. Oh, hilarious! Some of the best yes. stuff that they done. The dead Bedouins. I didn't listen to until maybe a year later. Yeah, I didn't get into them till like twenty fourteen, mm-hmm. and then they kind of hung it up around twenty fifteen. Into 2016, yeah. very few. Apparently, they're very important men. I, yeah, with their who need to hide their identities. They and, always hid their identities. They're like computer programmers in Washington D.C. <laughs> so you know what that means. NSA. They control. They control the White House. They control the media. <laughs> <laughs> the Iranians control the banks and the media. Exactly, but they also started having kids and marriages and yeah. all that kind of stuff too. So, so let this be a lesson to you guys: <clears throat> don't have kids. Never do it. Yeah. If you want to like have a nice peaceful weekend <laughs> where you don't have to yell and scream at a five-year-old in the middle mm. of the grocery store, don't have children. Yeah. I, I would suggest against yelling at people. No matter where you go, the child will do something oh my. to get in trouble. When we started this podcast, Adam had zero kids That's right. and two money. Two. Now he has... No, I only had the one money. <laughs> my wife wasn't working. Oh, that's true. My wife didn't start working until 2015. Well, I was going to make the joke that now you have two kids and no money. And some money. Zero money. A couple of monies. And zero podcasts. <laughs> and and somewhere in that mix in 2013, I had a baby. Yeah. And I told the story of my child's birth yeah. on that episode towards the end of May 2013. Sweet episode. I listened to it recently. It was fun. It yeah. reminded me of the, the utter chaos that was that What night. to look forward to in the next few weeks. I know. And I'm just like, like this was maybe a week after the baby was born, mm-hmm. maybe two weeks that we finally podcasted. Yeah. And I remember those first two weeks just being like, uh, everything was not what it needed to Having be. Baby's crazy times. And like it, it barely started to stabilize somewhere around that podcast. Something like that. And just like slightly stabilize. There's still the sleepless nights. We have to nights. podcast really quietly like this. Otherwise the baby will wake up and then Adam's right. wife will get really mad at us. That's right. And that was most of 2013 mm. into 2014 into 2015. And then there was like, there's just poop episodes where the baby the would poop, poop episode, and then you had to edit out baby <laughs> cries here and there. We would feed the baby. I would podcast and hold a bottle up to yep. my child's mouth. <laughs> Man, that is some like, that's some deadbeat dad bullshit. I don't know right what there. the hell we were thinking, but because my wife went to school yeah. from like August of 2013 till June of 2014. At nighttime too. Right? And you would come over and podcast when she was at school yeah. on Fridays and Saturdays. So it was like, uh, you know, it was just me and the baby and, mm-hmm. and Mike. And so we had That's to it. feed her. Yep. And then she would cry and she would poop. And Somehow we made it work, though. We made it work. I don't know how. And the dogs were always there. And we reviewed the color morale and things like that. And <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's just like a blur of episodes. Yeah. It seems to have gone by like really fast, too. Like it doesn't feel like it's been six years. That se- It seems like a lot longer than six really? years, doesn't it? it oh, okay. <laughs> so, for, it's, so we're the exact opposite, then. I, like, so. I feel like it's only been like a couple years. 
but yeah, I guess you feel like it's been like longer? it's only been six. I felt it was like fifteen. Oh wow! <laughs> so it just kept on going. Uh, so I don't know. I, I bought and sold a house in the meantime. And yeah. Bought a car and sold a car and mm-hmm. all sorts of interesting things happened. You came and went with your relationships. Yeah, that was fun. I've had my heart broken and if you and want, if you captured. Want, if you want to get the real nitty gritty of that, listen to what was it, January twenty fifteen. Oh, and speaking of that, or twenty sixteen. I'm sorry. Dave also sent us a, a, another message prior to the to, to his little goodbye letter to us. So that, that, that he's chronicling the. The, uh, <laughs> uh, evolution. the evolution of Mike's laugh. Of Mike's laugh. He says it <laughs> throughout the years, every fifty episodes. Which yeah, is what's up with that? I, I wonder what's up with that. I don't know, but yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, for most of twenty, well, the first half of twenty fourteen, Mike was low, and then he got higher in the second half of twenty fifteen, and then the first half of twenty sixteen, it was oh all downhill God. again. Yes, Jesus Christ, oh, man. Yeah, and for most of like. Before the separation, before 2015, it was just a flux of like good moods and bad yeah. moods. Because like, and and I guess probably just trying to force yourself into a good mood to have a good time to yeah. not think about what was going on. Because I I never really wanted to like <clears throat> bring my bad mood. Because as you heard last week, terrible at talking about my feelings <laughs> way back then, and I just wanted to like make sure that you know the the, the show was doing well, and uh, you know I had to put on a happy face for the show, things like that. So. I guess Dave could tell that I was faking it a, a, a lot, so <laughs> there was a I apologize for that. For you know, for, for all of those. those. Yeah. So you know, if I ever divorce my wife, then you can get my side of the story. Oh no! From 2012 to 2018. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> so you know, not not that we've been anywhere close to separating. Right. My wife's not <laughs> accusing me of cheating or anything, but constantly, you know, like my ex-wife, there wasn't any of that, at least. But you know. There's the ebbs and flows of raising a child together. Yeah. And relationships are hard. And and if they if they were easy, then nobody would get divorced. Speaking of divorce. Oh. I I live through divorces. What? I live through divorces. You have several Maybe of them. The album I'm going to talk about today is about relationships ending. On the streets of New York and ending. Oh no! And staying ended. They they keep ending. <laughs> Why are they ending? Every song is a metaphor for <laughs> the ending. Yes. <laughs> so, but anyway, we'll get to that in a minute here. But yeah. I mean, yeah, six years. The, the been... fan. What about the fan? The fan interviews at the shows. Oh yes, and that, that was, was like interesting. The first time we like tried to bring the skinny out to the streets, and that was just our excuse to branch out to a bigger audience. Yeah, it's like here's our card. You're going to be on this show. Yeah, maybe you should listen to it. And it and it, and for the first few times that we did that, it did work. Our our listenership like expanded a bit, a, a little bit. The I'm first sure. one was the Bless the Fall Chiodo show of yeah. 2014. Yeah, August of 2014, which was I was scared to death to start talking to those people. Oh my god, and it, you it, and I both, dude. <laughs> it got it was so much easier than I ever thought it would be. Yeah, it, it because these fun. people want to talk about this kind right. of music, and then we and then we learned that, so it got it got, it got easier and easier. The more but we did it. What just kind of ended up happening was our, I think, our anxieties just kind of overwhelmed anything more. And oh, absolutely. I never really felt that it, it gained viewership. Well, not only are we would. like, not only were we talking to strangers, but we're also trying to promote our dumb little thing that we do. Yes. You know, and that's that's terrifying in its, in its own. Right. So, especially by the time Warp Tour 2015, I mean, when we interviewed Roscoe and... Attempted to interview Silverstein and Senses Fail. And Bless the Fall. And Bless the Fall. 
and none of those worked out. And we interviewed a couple of girls that were sitting out there and yeah. that was cool and all, but it just like, it just seemed like more of a, of a chore than yeah. a fun yeah. aspect. Well, we were, we were, we were kind of upset that day because our interviews didn't go I know. as planned, but cause I was busy watching the Amity affliction. Yes. God damn it. <laughs> it wasn't your fault, man. I know. It wasn't your fault. I know. And so, like, we kept it going. I think the Census Fail show in 2016, or the, and then Into it was like Taste the last of Chaos. time that we did that. Yeah. 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 Into Taste of Chaos. That was the last time we interviewed fans, and we interviewed Corey Wells the next day. We met Corey Wells, yeah. And then I was kind of done with shows at that point. Yes, you were. And then did we, we did the Bring Me the Horizon show in 2017. 17, and I was just like, I'm not interested in talking to these people. Nope. And even being there, I'm kind of glad we didn't talk to them because. The 14 Under Oath fans, you know, had no idea what was going on <laughs> yep. for that hour and a half set. <laughs> so anyway, that was fine. Yeah. So, you know, we, 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 did, we did some fun things here and there. and But overall, though, and the, I think... the Brian Fallon fans in 2016, definitely my favorite. Oh, of yes. All of them, I guess. They had a lot to say. And yeah. They, they knew their shit. Yeah. That they, was really good. I know won't... we probably should have taken it to the streets for the new Brian Fallon show, but... You know, we didn't. It's no, okay. we we wanted to go there for us. Yeah, yeah, that was a fun time. And next time we go see Brian Fallon, which I'm sure we'd be sometime very soon. Uh, Whenever he comes back to town. Yeah, yeah well, we're going to do that for us again. Yeah, It worked out pretty well. So, I don't know, what other, do we have any other segments mm. that were of, of noteworthy? Uh, you know, we interviewed some musicians as well. The musicians. Yeah, we met, we met the, we met the, the guitarists. We met the guitarist uh, through V of uh, Vis. That's right, uh, Corey Vise. Wells once again. Uh, yes, the Horizon Line. The Horizon Line. Uh, Her- uh, Higuera, Higuera Valley Taylor. We met yeah. him in person. We met him in person. Yeah, like, when we went to their show, that was fun. Told us about his dad drama. That he was pretty his, cool. He met his dad for the first time. That was pretty like, wow, interesting. That was cool. I met my dad and I became a father in the same week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Woo! I wish we had been interviewing that. Microphone. Yes, exactly. <laughs> But listen up to Higuera. They keep on releasing tracks here and there. They do, yeah. Higuera is a great band. Valley Taylor is a fascinating individual. I know. So if we keep this going someday, we'll get more interviews like that. Hopefully. They seem to enjoy it as well. Yeah. That's why I go check out Ian Hayes Music. They they do conversations every week. They do it much better than us. <laughs> I, don't know what his, I don't know what his weekly pool is, but I, w- I want some of that. <laughs> it's probably a couple more than us. Just, just a couple. Say. Like three? At least four, three more listeners more than us. Uh, maybe three. <laughs> no more, though. No yeah. more. There's no way in hell. But uh, overall, though, it, it it has been incredibly fun, Just like even just like hanging out with you every week, because I think yes. that was the original goal. The excuse to get together. Correct. And just because we're not doing this anymore, because I was talking to Erica like this past week, too, like every other... Uh, you guys are gonna have the baby soon, so it's gonna be kind of hectic. But like, yes. once things start to settle down, like every week or every other week or so, let's get together for lunch and dinner. Let's get we our probably get our family should. Together. We can come over and cook for you guys or whatever. You guys you know have how an, to use my barbecue better than I do. I, apparently, <laughs> so and you have highly, a nice you have a nice big kitchen where we can like the two of us can cook. That's right, and we'll just we've been itching to cook for people too. Oh, okay. I didn't know at other people's houses though. We have a nice big kitchen. So. That's true. <laughs> your kitchen is the size of your bathroom, know. your toilet room. Yes, <laughs> our small toilet room. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, hey, and if anybody who has listened to this for the long haul, even if you haven't messaged us, of course we love the messengers. Oh yes, the messengers, but the weekly messengers, and 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 all, and everybody who has messaged us as well. Adam was going through our messages, and he found one that uh that really made us laugh. We read it on the air too. He's like, hey. Thank you guys for in- introducing me to 
Brian Fallon's music. Also, fuck you guys for introducing me to Brian Fallon's music. The feels are too real sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> that was a great message, yeah. So I guess I'll just end the way that uh, – I'll end this segment before my album um, by just saying the, what, what Ben said from the Devil's Advocates on the last show. Oh, no. Was that if you've ever listened to the show, I love you. Oh, I love you. That's and some... then he did an outro music of that really old song from the nineties. I will remember <laughs> you. Not that one. It was, uh, I don't know. I can't remember what it was. That's, that's surprisingly sweet coming from that show. I know I it ended well. It ended surprisingly well. And okay. I thought maybe like their year anniversary of their last show came and went. Oh, okay. No new episodes. So I, I think they're probably moving maybe on. Ben's dead. I'm pretty sure they moved on happier. Okay, good. So that's that's okay. Good. Hopefully All not right. weekly curmudgeons. Any other closing words on your No, but I, I think you hit the I, I think you I think you hit it perfectly. Like okay. thank you for everything that you even if you've listened once, even if this is your first episode, even if you've been a weekly listener, long-time listener, short-time listener, like it's 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 been it's been great and it's it, this is a part of my life that I'm going to remember. And it, it's, it's hard to forget. Yeah, and it's <laughs> something I'm going to be proud of too. Like, hey, I, I, I did a pretty successful weekly show with my best friend, and it lasted six years, and we had a lot of fun, and it worked. we did a lot of things, and people people gave us feedback, and so people we, laughed with us. Maybe we should cut and paste the segment into the end of the show. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got to use the restroom, and then we'll get going. Take in a pee break. <clears throat> All right. Are we ready? It's Adam Essentials. The Adam episode one. Essentials episode one. Um, of one. So everything about this album, Mike is wearing a shirt. I'm wearing a shirt today. He 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 wore his Gaslight Anthem shirt. Intentionally. Intentionally. I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. The downside is that I looked at the website he bought the shirt from, and there's only like three other shirts on there. That's true. And none of them are as cool as that yeah, one. <laughs> Rockabilia.com seems to just have the leftovers of what didn't sell. They're officially licensed. Correct. But there's only four options. Off, use offer code Jabberjaw. PC Jabberjaw. Whatever. So Mike is wearing his shirt in honor of the essential Gaslight Anthem album. Mm. So, Not your favorite, though. Not my favorite by a hair. Mm. You know, I definitely would still say handwritten is my favorite. Yeah. But this one... And it written is the one that ranked the highest, but this one, still great. I think... Okay, I'll, I'll just read my opening statement. Okay. And then I'll talk more about why this album could mean this and that and whatever. Okay. So, again, I wrote four and a half pages. <laughs> I'm sorry, but... No, people... I couldn't, people I, our I, listeners want this. It's, it's, I couldn't it's, stop. <laughs> <laughs> I went back... I listened to the album twice this week. Yes. And I added more... To each description. It's okay. This things. isn't Memphis May Fire. People <laughs> want to listen to this. So, this is something that will be quite difficult for me to do. The reasons why 2010's American Slang mm. by the Gaslight Anthem is so important to me is because it seems to be the only album that I have the consistent level of emotions ooze from my being nearly every time I listen to it. Consistent, huh? Okay. I will go months at a time without listening to it in fear of what it will provoke in me. Whoa. Whoa. There is also the fear of what I will feel if I do not experience the same level of emotion. Like if I just listen to it and it's like in the background, I'm like, Oh, I guess it's not that important to me anymore. Oh no. You but don't want that to happen. Majority of the time that has never happened. <laughs> <laughs> Coming out of the 59 sound and going into what Elsie and handwritten became is this perfect balance of the band expanding their sound from only being 
you know, I put down here a Bruce Springsteen knockoff band that some <laughs> would compare them to, sure. even though I haven't even listened to Bruce Springsteen enough to make that comparison. No, one day. The emotional level of the songs reaches into some new depths with what I have interpreted as the character telling his love interest that he can be everything for her and solve all of her problems by staying focused on what they had in the past. Mm, okay. However, it is layered with an underlying sense that he knows he is full of shit and will probably mess up again. Though if he keeps telling her how he can do everything for her, then she will convinced she will be convinced and stay. Hence the term gaslighting. Gaslighting, yes. I, I think that I think that that is actually a lyric. The gaslight, I think, is 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 it not? I it might be a different. Don't album. think it's okay. on this album. I think it's a different <clears throat> album. I feel these songs embody what the band's name ultimately represents. Now, as I write this, it's hard to say that this represents me as a person. On my best days, I feel I can solve everything though there is always a sense of guilt and regret associated with it. Mm. And as the album makes me think back on the crushes from my past, I can see myself presenting as this faux perfect partner mm. that I thought someone would want. You know, kind of cutting back into your... Going into rescue mode. Into your adolescence <laughs> of thinking like, this is who I need to be for this really hot 14-year-old that I want to bang. True, you know, and I, and, and I think I was guilty of that as well, you know. I, sure. I was, that's why the relationship I was in prior to this one failed. And wondering why they keep rejecting you. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty much how I developed my personality around thinking I just needed to be the nice guy to girls and they would get that I, that I am the only one they need. Mm. Now I could be way off on my interpretations, as I said earlier, but this is what I gather from the last six years of listening to this album. There you go. Because <laughs> yeah, again, you've had a long time to, to, uh, to establish it and dissect it and yes. study it. So it's not the 10 years or 12 years that, that Mike said was still searching. Yeah. But for me, you know, Gaslight came in later on. I was just like, oh, I should listen to that band that we saw live way back when just to yeah. get a feel for it. You know, whatever. We <laughs> want I'm, Alkaline Trio. I'm sure, I'm sure they're all right, whatever. <laughs> but uh, yeah, every time I went back to this one, it always seemed the same. So yeah, so yeah, you, you so you touched upon it in your intro there that you don't necessarily think that it relates to you in a, in a sense because, but you I but can this, draw this character of you. I could draw some comparisons. Okay, and let me just just preface that with the picture that I posted on our skinny page. Oh, okay, <laughs> of a very important figure in my life. Sure, being my dad, obviously. Yeah. So. His giant uh, missile dick. By, with his giant missile dick. Now, <laughs> I remember somewhere around being age 10 or so, mm. watching the movie Grease 2. <laughs> I've never seen it. Uh, this, this connects in some way. Sure. You don't need to see it. It's a terrible movie with Michelle Pfeiffer. I heard it's pretty But bad. it's the follow-up to Grease 1. <laughs> oh, I've heard of that. <laughs> so I remember in that movie seeing that they were all graduating high school yeah. in 1961. Yes. Now I did the math Driving back. Driving a car up to the <laughs> space. Yeah. That's in the first one, I think. Yeah. I don't know if it happens in the second one. <laughs> oh, did they not graduate high school in the first one? In the first one, it's fifty nine. Oh. Okay. So in the second one, they're graduating in sixty one. Oh, okay. And I made this bizarre connection in my brain that my dad, who also graduated from high school in nineteen sixty one, mm -hmm. when I did the math, and and my mom kind of saying somewhere along the way that he was like a kind of a greaser guy. Greaser. Yeah. So I had this image of my dad. As John Travolta. As well, not so much John Travolta, but more the 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 Danny Zuko character oh, okay. from Grease Two. Yeah, yeah. 
with the, with the cigarettes in his, yes. in, his, in his sleeve. So I had this image of my dad as that mm-hmm. in high school, like okay. being this like cool, rebellious greaser guy. Sure. So I posted that picture <laughs> to show that in reality, he probably wasn't. He's probably just a big dork. But in my 10-year-old brain, yeah. and I'll get to a minute why my dad was so important to me when I was 10, um, but I had that image that he was just this cool guy that like was just you know like like just a badass kind of dude from the yeah. 50s you know and grew up during that time period so it was just like oh yeah my dad's cool whatever and so when I see the picture on the cover of the 59 sound mm-hmm. and the way Brian Fallon looks with his hair cool greaser guy cool greaser guy yeah so I remember seeing that picture going into listening to this band and they're like oh hey cool they're like greaser guys. The 59 sound when your dad was in high school. Exactly. Not 61, but still close. You know, I still like made that comparison of like, oh, this guy is writing almost from the perspective of who my dad was in those days. Interesting. And believe me, I've spent most of this week coming up with some of these connections in my head. So this is, these get very deep. (laughs) Because again, like I said earlier, like I I studied this album, I, I read all the lyrics and I tried to... And, and I feel like I know you really well. And I tried to make some connections, even though most of this album is steeped in metaphor. Yes. And I was trying to think, like, well, I'm sure Adam has a good reason why he feels like this song might, you know, connect to him. So, so but, this is why Brian Fallon means something connected to me and my life and where I was at. Because he is like this fantasy of your dad? Of who my dad was. Ah, so him writing about longing relationship lyrics as my dad ended up having difficult times in his relationships. Mm. It like almost started putting pieces together in a way that in reality may not make sense. Sure. But in my brain starts to make sense. It's, it's this fantasy that you have of him. Yes. Okay. That's interesting. So as I've told Mike before, both my mom and dad were married before they were married to each other. They were married to different people. Yes. That, dad, should, I, that I didn't know. My dad grew up in suburban Chicago, mm-hmm. outside of Chicago in the, in the fifties. My mom grew up, in suburban St. Louis on the, you know, the Illinois side of mm-hmm. the Mississippi river. So both of them are from that area. Um, and so my dad, my dad was much more working class, I uh-huh. would say than my mom was. But so again, adding in that blue collar element Brian to Fa- uh, Brian Fallon always says on the show, people tell me I write working class music. I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> so, there was like that added element of like, I thought my dad was like this greaser guy, yeah. you know, that just, you know, d- d- just almost a fantasy in a way. Yeah. But I also knew that he got married when he was like 20. My, my brother, who's now 53, mm-hmm. was born when my dad was like 20 years old. Okay. So it was like, I knew that he was in a relationship. I knew that that relationship didn't work out. And like, they were married for like 10 years mm. before they separated. My brother okay. was about 10 when they separated. And then. So that was like around 1974. So your dad's been married three times. Yes. Because okay. then he met my mom in 1975 in Chicago. And then they moved out here the day after they got married in 1978. Okay. And then I came along in 1980, right. obviously. Right. So um, then hilarity ensued. <laughs> <laughs> the birth. <laughs> for, for the next five years. Yeah. And in 1986, April, my parents finally reached that point where... I guess they couldn't live together anymore. Mm. I don't know all the ins and outs of that. I know my dad was emotionally distant in his own way. And my mom obviously was not attracted to men 
so much either. Right. And, um, you know, other people came along in her life that kind of persuaded her towards like, Hey, don't you think that you might be into chicks or something? And my mom was like, sure. I think I, I think I might want to try me some of that chicks, some of that chicks. <laughs> so, hi, sweetie. um, so in 1986, my mom and dad separated. So, window now pause for edit in about 20 years she's gonna have her own podcast (laughs) talking about this very moment right now so that was when a very significant figure in my life came along whose name was pam Mm -hmm. her and my mom got together well you're still you still have a relationship i'm still with with, i I still have a relationship with pam she still likes our podcast whenever I share it on oh, my nice. page. She will probably like enjoy. this episode. Ooh. But, you know, my parents separated and my dad became like this distant figure mm-hmm. where I, I, my mom got full custody. I visited my dad every other weekend, hmm. which did not seem like enough at the time. And he lived far away from what you told yeah, me. Yeah, he lived way down towards San Diego. We Ooh. lived way up here in Riverside. Yeah. And, you know, he would drive me to Riverside on Monday mornings, you know, and, and take wow. me to school. So... My mom and Pam got together, and you know, when you're five, you're not expecting like, oh, this this new person we're living with, like, I don't know what their deal is, but we're just going to live with them for a while until and especially you. Especially at that age, I mean, were you like familiar with like homosexual relationships? No, I had no idea. I had done my 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 sneaking kissings of girls, and I knew that boys liked girls, and yeah. that was all I knew. Which is what you were taught <laughs> at that age, and right, especially during that time too. During the, the mid eighties, yeah. it wasn't cool like it is now. <laughs> yes. So anyway, <laughs> it's not normal, and you know. Um. So you know, you you walk out of your bedroom and you see your mom making out with this woman in their kitchen, and you're just like, I've got a what? lot of questions. But you keep it to yourself because you don't know that you should, you don't even think like I should go ask questions about this. Yes. You just say, okay, I'm five. I don't know how to process this. Did she slip and fall and land on her lips over and over nope. again? It was a very passionate embrace. Mm. It was a very like grab the face kind of kissing kind of Ooh. thing. Um, Sexy. You know, and th- it was it was just what it was at the time. Yeah. And so that's a very very vivid early early memory i have in my brain i find it like shock oh, I, I guess i you know maybe it was a different time or anything like you wouldn't explain to your child like this is my new partner no this is my, my, new- my mom did a good job of not explaining much to me about the oh. separation you just you just you should you should just know this right i remember feeling tension and i remember being at a friend's house a lot oh. and one day after them saying, oh, your mom's going to be here at three o'clock to pick you up like hours past three o'clock oh, coming and going before cell phones or anything like that. And there's like, well, your mom will be here eventually. Your mom will be here eventually. Your mom will be here eventually. And eventually she showed up. And next Wednesday <laughs> she showed up <laughs> and she picked me up from that friend's house. And when we drove home, there was a big moving van in our driveway. Oh, my God. And it was just like, we're, we're moving. And like all of our stuff was out of our house. Wow. I had no idea that any of this was planning or anything. See, like, and, when you say things like that, like, I, I, I'm thankful that like I don't do that to my daughter. Like or, I'm very open and honest with her, or and, to mine. Thank you. Or to yours. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there was not a discussion about this, and I was a very you know patient, 
quiet child who didn't ask questions. So unfortunately, as I learned later, my mom just thought I was handling it well. Oh. And <laughs> You're just internalizing yeah. everything and repressing it's it like, all. Well, you didn't ask any questions, so I thought you were fine. <laughs> so, She's a therapist. <laughs> so we moved from Fallbrook to Riverside, which is a good, I don't know, how many miles? 40 sure. miles, 50 miles, maybe north. Um, and we moved in with Pam. And then the, they, they were making out in the kitchen mm. like a couple of days later. And so that was kind of the start of that. And we, we were with Pam from age from 1986 until I was 13 in 1994. Okay. So that was a nine-year period yeah. that they were together. Now, during that time, I'm not sure how others would take what mine and Pam's relationship was. I feel it was very emotionally and verbally abusive. Okay. Just from what you've told me, I like it. Like some of the things you told me make me uncomfortable. There was a lot of yelling. Yeah. There was, I mean, and Pam was big. Pam was a very big person, and I was a little, you know, kid. Yeah. And she was very intimidating with her glarings, and I just have a lot of fear associated with those times. Now uh -huh. that I'm older and I tower over her, and she's gotten gastro bypass and has lost a bunch of weight, <laughs> it's a whole different dynamic. I can but... just unplug this right now. <laughs> and, and so, like, there was a lot of those like just a lot of arguing and a lot of anger from what I remember. And like, I know there was probably good times thrown in there, but my, my brain goes well, back. That doesn't to excuse the bad times. Yeah. So, and I just was under the impression of, I have no control of changing this. So mm -hmm. I'm just going to internalize everything. And some could say that I was not the greatest of kids. When I look back on it, I think I was just being a pretty typical kid sure. at the time and acting out and doing things that, I thought were just funny. Yeah. And then like, I felt my punishments were not appropriate. Mm. A lot of degrading and whatnots. Mm. And, you know, and then you go to school and you're trying to like hide the fact of what's going on at home yeah. and you don't have a dad. And you know, like people asking you like, do you have two moms? Are you guys going to hell? Do, do, you, do your parents tell <laughs> oh, you to Jesus be gay? Yeah. All this kind of stuff. And so in the meantime, I'm having these every other weekend. Does that make you gay? Cause your mom is gay. Right. And so I'm just like, don't and then I didn't know because I didn't. I was just like I. Don't, Your mom I, still hasn't told you. <laughs> like I didn't even like I was so during the time you're not really explore, exploring your feelings towards girls. Mm -hmm. So you're just like I don't. Am I gay? I don't even know. So I don't know what gay is. Right. I'm sure, I'm gay. And so and so every other weekend I would go with my dad, and that was such a release. It was mm -hmm. like we would go and hang out and watch sports and go to go to sports bars, and it was all just calm and peaceful, but only for. Two days, two days yeah. every other week. And then that went on from 1986 to 1990. And 1990, he just left. Up and left. He went to Scotland. He right? went to Ireland, Ireland without even telling me that he was going. Wow. So there's... That, that would sting. There's a rejection sting right there. Yeah. Now, he did try to stay in contact. He would write me letters. He would do, he would do audio tapes. To tell me what, what Ireland was like and send me little okay. touristy things from Ireland. And I was like, well, this is cool. That's but, something you would do for your business partner. But I no longer like even had that little bit of a release. So, I mean, granted, my mom and Pam, they got me into sports. And that's where my release went into. to sure. like That's something I enjoyed a lot. But everything else was so bleh mm. and not fun. And there was like no like... I don't remember any happiness around the house. 
It was just like... After your dad left? Yeah, or majority of the time. There wasn't like laughter. There wasn't like having fun with each other. It was like... Going out on trips or anything. There was not a lot of that. But even not out on trips, it was always like... It always seemed like it was not fun. Everything was a chore. Yeah. Hmm. So, you know, I'm sure I sound like a spoiled bitch for saying that but this is just what i remember that's stuff that families need to be doing for one another (laughs) that's what i kind of felt so i have that rejection from my dad i remember seeing like you know tv shows and stuff and sitcoms where families would be like having fun going on trips even like making a trip out of like something like as little as like going to the store or going to the park or something like like my family never did this sounds like your family never did it so you know we have that that um that expectation that was never met and that sucks so I'm sure that Pam would and my mom think that, oh, we gave you so much and did all these things for you. But you I remember house. not having a good time even doing those things. Mm. Like you can't show up at, at Disneyland and just be like, oh, this is so great. Even while your parents are telling you like all 15 things that you're doing wrong. <laughs> like that was just not the way I could take all that. Yes. So my dad left. That was crushing. It was one of those like my mom called him and was like, how dare you do this to your son kind of thing. So, oh. so. Well, it is. I mean, to be fair, that's pretty shitty. So then, oh, a year later, ah. my dad comes back. Oh. Like a year and a half later. He, like, come, he came back to rescue yeah. you. And I was just like, yes, we're going to have this, this this normal life like we had before where we'd sit around and watch sports all yeah. weekend. This, well, it's something that you enjoyed. So this uh, is that, all I need. Yeah. But he didn't come home alone. He didn't. He did not come home alone. He came home alone initially. In June of 1991. To prep you? And to take me to my uncle's wedding in Chicago. Okay. I remember that. Like, we stayed, we, he, I stayed at his house. We watched the Bulls in the playoffs that year. Oh, um, that Pete was Bulls. That was 1991, the first yeah. year that they won. I remember watching games one and two at his house. And um, we went to Chicago for the wedding. That was interesting. He brought me back. And then I didn't hear anything for a while. Ooh. And then... He picked me up again about three or four months later. And so it wasn't even like a, he wasn't here permanently. Yeah. He was just, he was just like, stay for a little for the wedding. He, he, yeah. Then he came, he, he brought me back to California and then I didn't hear from him for several months. And it was just like, okay, are we, are you picking me up this week, dad? No, not this week. Not this week. Not this week for quite a while from what I remember. Mm. And then when he finally did, and it was like, yes, finally get to be my dad. It's great. Awesome. And we're driving back, you know, and in the silence, cause my dad didn't talk very much. He, sure. he tried to get me to talk, but I wasn't a very talkative little kid. Okay. And then you had, he was a, lot just, going, you had a lot going on. So he had, you know, very deep, deep voice. And I always knew something, some question about life was always coming from him. Mm. <laughs> and he went, big inhale, like he does in between puffs of cigarettes. Mm. He's like, so I have some people living with me. Oh. And I was just like, oh, that's fine. You, you've had roommates and apartments that you lived yeah. in in the past. And I was like, oh, that's all fine. He's like, it's a woman and her five-year-old child. He's <laughs> <laughs> <was> like, okay, <laughs> they're going to be staying with me. That was it. Whoa. That was the extent of it. Wow. And then I showed up at his house and I met his, what became my future stepmom. Yeah. That he had, he had, I learned later that he had met in Ireland and she brought her five-year-old daughter and all of a sudden it was like, they were a family, the family that I always wanted with my dad. Oh, okay. And my stepmom was very rude to me and very mean to me yeah. and would yell at me a lot Oh boy! <laughs> for doing simple things like eating food or watching TV or sleeping in or I think from her perspective to you, maybe like 
because she is the way she is, like you're kind of ruining her vision yes. of the perfect family. What you know? I probably realized now was that my dad never told her about me. Oh, Jesus Christ. And she I was didn't think about kind that. of pissed about that. Oh, and then she moved out on She you. moved from Ireland to Covina, California in a shitty little house and was probably not too happy about that. No. Because my dad would like go to work and be gone forever because I was his style. Yeah. And she didn't have a job and she would just what be What did home. he do? He, he, was a com- he was a systems analyst. Oh. For like all these, for... all these tech companies that were okay. like, you know, upgrading their systems to computers back okay. in the days. So I think she was pretty pissed at that. And then I would show up every other weekend and like not like the food that she made because I was a bitchy little kid, you know. And then she would get angry at me for eating chicken off of the bone with my hands. How dare you? <laughs> I was supposed to be using a knife and fork, which I couldn't figure out how to do because I'd never done that before. I know. Even I'm, I'm 31 years old. I don't know how to cut chicken off a bone. And then she would throw a temper tantrum and storm off to the bedroom and slam the door. Oh, and then, Jesus. so like I took my rage out on my stepsister mm. because I didn't like her and she was a whiny little baby too. Yeah. And I would tell her like my dad wasn't her real dad. And I didn't know that they weren't telling her that. Oh my God. And so that turned into a whole thing for a little while too. And my stepsister yeah. probably still hates me, even though she's, <laughs> she's Mike's age and is yeah. like 31 years old now and yeah. doesn't talk to me <laughs> even on you have any social media. There, yeah. So that's fine. <laughs> so I'm sure I've ruined her life, but she oh, never talked geez. to me about it. So I'll just assume everything's fine. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Bring it back. Bring it all back. <laughs> so that was a rough couple of years. Okay. And finally in 1993, they moved to Thailand hmm. where they stayed for about a year and then ended up in Ohio in 1994 where they stayed until eventually my dad passed away in, in 2012 yeah. and I had a very like distant relationship with him during that time um, because I was like by that point by the time I was a teenager I was just like well obviously my dad doesn't care about me so I'm just going to go live my life <laughs> Yeah. and in reality I know he cared but it was just like I didn't care to put much effort into things because well, like, was he ideal- putting any effort in, in- right oh, this exactly. idealization thing had long since passed on yeah so it and, sounds like like he broke your heart like when he you know well, f- left the right. first time and then not even told you that about his new family. The and... second time he moved away to Thailand, I was more like I laughed about it, sure, because it was almost like I'm glad that my stepmom is not is not a part of this anymore, and I don't have to go over there every other weekend. It turned yeah. into that kind of thing. I'm like, all right, cool, this is fine, and I was a little bit more mature, sure. So in the middle of all that. <laughs> So this gets back to Brian Fallon Howe. <laughs> so there's a rejection theme right okay. there. So I'll just throw in, you know, my mom and Pam. You know, there was there was never a lot of good things going on during uh, emotionally going on there for most of those years. And in 1994, Pam, well, I didn't even mention like my mom and Pam are both social workers. Okay. Interesting. And luckily, I know nothing about social work. No, not at all. And it wouldn't have been weird if I had also gone into social work. No, that wouldn't be weird at all. Or became a therapist. I mean, like, I would never do that. Nah. My mom and Pam were therapists. So, sure. like, eventually by 1994, my mom had her own therapy business. Yeah. That she was seeing her own people. And she brought Pam in on as a co owner, whatever, because that's what you do is bring your significant other in as a co owner. Because is, is there things. ethics involved in <laughs> There's that? There's things, and and so and Pam unfortunately started seeing a client for oh, therapy. That's uh, not while her and my mom were still together. That's not enough. And, and at then all. Um, shortly thereafter, this this client moved in with us, mm. moved into our house. Oh, because she didn't have anywhere else to stay. 
Oh, wow. Now, you know, uh, you know, therapists are prone towards not being good as buddy Nielsen has taught us. Oh, sure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so this damn white coat client moved in with us for about a month and a half. And by the end of that month and a half, Pam told my mom she was leaving her mm. for this client. Yes. Now, if I, I had grown up and probably established the first time she lived there, if I had grown up to become a therapist, like this would all seem really strange, but luckily, no, luckily you know nothing of that and you'll continue to not know anything of that. So my mom and Pam separated by that point, I was ready for that. I presented in a way at the time that I, of course, didn't know if it was going to be good or bad. So I was emotional. I remember crying when they split up. Um, even though you didn't have the best relationship, even though we didn't have the best relationship, but it was all I knew. I had known that for nine years of my life. So it was just like, well, what's going to happen? Yeah. So I was sad about that. There's confusion involved. So she probably seeing your mom upset. Also made me that made that made you emotional. That was tough as well. So I was just like, well, finally I get to just have this relationship with my mom and me and it'll be just us for just us. And Pam moved in with her client and they had two beautiful children together who are now adults and everything is good on that side of things. They're weebos. It's hilarious. <laughs> no, no, that's my that's my brother's kids who are weebos. Oh, never mind. <laughs> my stepsisters kids. are not weebos. Oh, okay. They're Aggies. <laughs> Aggies? Yeah. They're okay. all about horses and pigs and farming oh, and all that. Oh, they're those so, girls. Yeah. Those okay, Cupid girls. So, and luckily, my mom ended up with a partner whose name was Mari, who ended up being one of the greatest people I would Wonderful. ever know in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Changed so much of my perspective on life is a big reason as to why I am better today than what I could have been. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, she passed away in 2006 from cancer. And Fuck you, cancer. That was terrible. And then my dad died in 2012 from cancer and you know that was a whole other thing so by 2012 you also have mari's initials tattooed on your i have mari's initials tattooed on my arm but by 2012 a little artist came into my life Mm. which talked about longing and rejection and separations and all sorts of things that revolved around me around the ages of 13 to 15 so starting to become a little bit more clear now, <laughs> which is good. Let alone all of the girls that I loved and did not get loved in return. Mm-hmm. So what this album represents to me is all of that jammed together mm. into 40 to 45 minutes of beautiful music making. Correct. That's your favorite. Am I done? <laughs> no, you're not done. We haven't started the album yet. <laughs> So this is American <laughs> slang by the Gaslight Anthem. So I figured I tell the story first and then start the album. You got to put it in perspective, of course. So I can make like year connections, connections yeah. to different parts of the album. Okay. So of course this album is all about a breakup. It's about a girl. It's about a boy. It's about how they got together when they were young. Streets of New York. And things don't always work out. So where we much. used to meet where we used to meet. So I guess we'll just start off with track one. Title track, American Sling. So this track laments the beginning of the end of the relationship. I feel like he's blaming her for everything, of course, not taking any responsibility for anything. Well, when you're angry and heartbroken, that's what you do. One of the, the happiest sounding songs... The, a lot of the songs here sound really happy. Doesn't it like kind of jump out? The first couple of tracks are pretty happy. Yeah. Um, I feel the chorus. I know we're not there yet. 
But the chorus focuses on how he had experienced hardships in the past from women, saying, they cut me to ribbons, meaning the women did to him emotionally. They're doing to him what they did emotionally. Yeah. Um, and taught him to drive, meaning that he used escapism as a coping mm-hmm. skill. Okay. Um, tattooing Song. her name on his arm, over dramatically proving his love to her. Yes. <laughs> also looking to his father for guidance, yet his father Father's was not there. Dead. And telling her that, telling her that, and telling him what he wanted to hear in American slang. Yes. Like she, she like the fortune telling that he yeah. kind of goes back to. He, he, he dips back into that uh, well over and over Right. Again. You told me fortunes in American slang that basically everything's going to be perfect. Everything's going to be wonderful. Mm-hmm. Why didn't you follow up on that, you bitch? <laughs> Almost implying that she played on his sympathies and then rejected him. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Not to mention the anthemic bridge that rounds it all together. Bridge is great. It's pretty damn good. So, I often try to read the songs from her perspective to get a different take on this, being her side of the story. I do that back and forth on a lot of those songs. Ryan does that a lot as well. Not saying that I am accurate, but if you are to do this as the listener, it can give you a very unique alternative perspective of her reasons for needing to leave him. So, I always find that interesting. Yeah. And I don't think Brian in any of the songs ever, like, tries to convince the listener that he's, like, the greatest guy ever. Right. Saying so, he's so full of shit you, sometimes. Yeah, you could, you could read it that way as well. Um, so needless to say, even though I love it, one of my least favorite tracks. <laughs> really? <laughs> Which is one of my least favorite tracks? Something. I give it a oh, 10 right. out of 10. <laughs> so here's where we died that time last year, where the angels and the dem- devils meet. And you can dance with the queen if you need. Oh. Keep your cards... Close, close to, to her heart. Oh, whoa. So, of course, everything comes full circle on Sleepwalkers. But in 2010, we're not there yet. <laughs> so we'll keep it focused on 2010 for now. So, on your side of things, where do you think? As far as does it like relate to me in any way? Or just your perspective on it. So where do you think he's coming this from? This definitely, like, you, know, you know, when I was studying it this week... It was like, well, this is a heartbreak. Uh, this is definitely a heartbreak song, yes. and, um, it, and you know, she met, he met a nice little honey who's probably a little greaser girl, a little greaser girl, <laughs> you know, little greaser girl, <laughs> a pink lady, perhaps, pink lady, yes. <laughs> um, you know, so I, I, I kind of wondered if that was something that you were um, directly referring to for yourself, or if you were taking metaphors out of this, and and yeah, so that's. Initially, right there, like I have questions. Like, so yes. where does this kind of fit into your Adam Essentials? So it's just more so watching all of these relationships around me yeah. come and go, okay. and knowing where that came from. Even though I didn't have too many relationships come and go, I had a girlfriend for three months once, and she mm-hmm. dumped me. That was about it. Yeah. All the other ones never even got off the ground. It happens. <laughs> so, you know, you throw in like your, your issues with your dad, no one trying to make sense of who he was as a person yeah. in his teens and early 20s and as to why that relationship might have ended. And, you know, I'm sure he blames her a fair amount. Mm. I've heard stories about her beating him with a broom somewhere along the Jesus way. Jesus Christ. And I've also heard from her that 
because of course I've talked to my brother's mom now yeah. and she still has very little nice things to say about my dad. So I, I, I can, I can understand my dad was not the easiest person to live with. Yeah. He sat on the couch. He watched sports. He smoked cigarettes. That was pretty much his life. This is leisure time, baby. When I was six, he was the coolest guy in the entire world. Yeah. <laughs> I think we all have that kind of yeah. um, idolization of our fathers as well. I used to think my dad was like so smart. Like he knew everything. He yep. could answer any question. He, you know, every, every time he watches Jeopardy, he gets so many questions <laughs> right. And now yeah. it's just because he's autistic. Because he's autistic. <laughs> it all comes back. Here we go. So moving on, I guess, to Stay Lucky. Stay Lucky. Too. I love this track. Now, since I'm already crying, I know this is going to be a really difficult episode to get through. It's okay, man. <laughs> I'm right here. We can, we can take a break, too, if we need to. So this track seems very uplifting musically, doesn't it? It sure does. Though the lyrics Ryan's remain... really good at that. <laughs> the lyrics remain focused on her struggling with her decision to stay with him. Mm. I feel. No doubt this is written from his perspective on him trying to understand why she would want to leave. Basically implying that she is not happy in her current situation with him, and she is looking for that spark again that she felt when she was young. Like, basically back when they were first getting together. Yeah. So. Sort of like Pam finding a spark in a new client. Perhaps. Perhaps. Mm. So her saying, like, the spark is gone. Where was it back when we were young? Yeah. The second verse is him, and the chorus is kind of saying that, that it's right here. It's never left. I think yes. we can make this work. Yeah. Even though... Living in the past a little bit. Even though I'm the kind of guy that I am, you're never going to find it like back when you were young. Ooh. And I know everybody used to tell you kind of that you were lucky when you were young and every, like everybody just kind of blew smoke up her ass, basically, yeah. is what I always kind of took in. But she can't get off of that high horse. Yeah. Um, the second verse continuing to be about her lamenting not being invited out anymore because she is with him and her resentment is ever growing because of oh, that. Again, oh, man. early 20s, getting married, bad idea sometimes <laughs> because you still want to be a young adult. Still want to go hang out with your friends right. and you know, go clubbing, twerking. He, he continues to tell her that the spark is still there at home with him, though those m- old moments may, may never arrive again. But it's right here where you need it. When he says that. Yes. I interpret it as basically the overwhelming resentment of getting married in your early 20s, sometimes early teens, and thinking everyone was going, everything was going to be perfect, but you still don't feel right. You know, as somebody who did get married probably way earlier than you probably should, you have a lot of growing to do. Still. You still have a lot of growing to do. Even though you might have a baby with that person. Sometimes. You still have a lot of growing to do. You have a lot of learning to do. Self-discovery. Yep. You, and you don't get married unless you feel like you can't live apart from that person right. anymore. And when, you and when you're 18 to 20, you think like this is the most important person in yes, the entire world. Because she let me put it in her pooper. And like, <laughs> Just like I wanted when I was 14. Exactly. So obviously I'm never going to change. Exactly. Right She's going to always let me put it in her pooper. Now the last line of this song is so interesting because I'm... Just starting to realize, I feel like it's it's almost either a voicemail message or a text message mm. from the other it's guy. Like a sincerely, basically saying, "Here it comes." So this is almost like you could hear a, a beep. If you're anywhere in Manhattan in the next eight days or so, let me know. And that and that's not him talking. That's oh. the other guy. 
oh, messaging her yeah, yeah, at the end. Right, because there is a lot of like, you know, I read I read the note, you know, on yep, you know that you held uh, hit under your pillow. I think is the, is the word. Is the, is the line something like that? Yeah. Yes. The uh, and so moving on into track three, where he's figuring out that she's talking to somebody else. That's right. Yeah. Interesting. Because I, I just like I thought about that for a minute when I was reading the lyrics, like just this week, and the different cadence, the different like vocal thing that is on that line. Yeah. It's, it's almost it's like a, it's trying to sound like it's a it's a voicemail message. Yeah. It, it's it's production wise, it's it's only dropped in half. Right. You have to listen for it. So, the track. That I've developed a new appreciation for just within the last, I would say, six months. Oh, Bring sorry. Yeah. I ended that too early. He's saying, stay lucky. Yeah. He's like, I remember what you were like before. All right. Bring it on, starring Kristen Stewart. Gabriel Bring it Union. on. One of the saddest, but not the saddest, tracks on the album. Okay. This is where he realizes she is starting to move on to someone else. And he's telling her, basically, he doesn't care because he can handle everything on his own. This, I found out, you're talking to somebody else, I don't give a shit, get out, I don't care, blah, blah, blah. We're going to argue about this. If it's better than my love, bring it on. He will take the fevers that won't break. He'll take the kids she doesn't want to raise. Oh, there it is. Almost sarcastically telling her to tell him how great the other guy is. Calling him the cool. Yeah, the Almost cool. Almost the introduction of the character. Mm. Um, and if it's better than his love, then he is ready to take on the burden. So, second verse. See, I thought, see, in my initial reading of this, I thought it was like, I thought it was actually kind of a sweet song. Kind of like a, if you love somebody, you have to let them go. Let them be happy, even if that happiness is not with you. Right. This interpretation is a lot more spiteful. Right. Because yeah. he's, he's like, I, I just found out you're talking to this other guy. I read the letters. Yeah. Um, Stay lucky. Got stay lucky. Got the voicemail. So the second verse hits like a truck, telling her to forget their vows. Get back on the streets for everyone else if my love brings oh. you down. Oh. Even God. when he says to stop clicking your red heels right there in the bridge. Yeah. And wishing for home in the bridge, meaning that she is only looking for a fairy tale ending. And then saying, I heard he tells you you can read your palms. He could read your palms yeah. just like she did Fortune back in American slang. Oh, my gosh. Oh, God damn it. Oh, God damn it. Harkening back to her telling him fortune, fortunes in the title track. Yeah. Basic implying the cool is telling her what she wants to hear. And it's all bullshit just like she told him. It's because she's looking for that spark. Yep. Of course, the ki- the bridge kills me when he says... He'll get to him in a minute here. It fucking hurts. I don't even know why. Just when you're rejected. Right here. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wasn't I good to you? Wasn't I good to you? You don't know what's good for you. I'm out of here. Get out of here. Get out of here. Basically pleading out of his own exasperation... That she doesn't know what she's thinking. Though underneath, I feel that he really knows he fucked up in some way. One of the best Gaslight Anthem songs ever. Woo! Damn, Adam. <sighs> that was heavy. <laughs> I didn't get this about this song yeah. until maybe the last six months or so, re-listening okay. to it. The video is pretty damn good. Oh, there's a video. Mm-hmm. Cool. This was one of the, the singles off the album. Oh, cool. It's interesting because it's showing like a young couple having all their 
arguments, ups and downs. And it's it's filmed really dramatically, like with their fights and stuff, and like very like where the people are are frozen. The people are frozen, mm-hmm. but like the camera is like kind of going around them in a way. So it's oh, like cool. you know she's breaking things and they're yelling at each other and they're not talking out. to each other. So. Yeah, so that, I took the interpretations of the song a lot more differently. So, of course, you have this perspective with all the relationships that you grew up around. and The anger. The anger <laughs> and, the, you know, with your, with your folks and people leaving, people coming and all that stuff. The betrayals over and over again. A little so, bit of betrayals, I of suppose. Betrayals. <laughs> Maybe. Ooh. Um, betrayals on both I sides think, of your parents. I think man. the bridge, like, really, like, summed it up when I read the lyrics. It's like, you don't know what's good for you. Yeah. You know, wasn't I good to you? Wasn't I good to you? Yeah. Bitch, you don't know what's good for you. Yeah. And it's like, it's just a very rejecting kind of song. It's I'll, so angry. I'll it's reject so, you. It's so simple, but so angry. Reject you before you can reject me. Can't so, fire me, I quit. Diamond Church Choir. Sorry, I keep on pausing it. That's I fine. think I keep on pausing it at the right point. <laughs> Go for it, man. <clears throat> Somehow, a track that seems to not always fit... <laughs> It's so again a little uplifting here at the beginning. Hey, that, that 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 that's his uh, that's his mo. That's what he does best. So I'm interpreting this as him leaving after the last song and listening to some music, going to the bars, just trying to get his mind off of it, and just just walking around the streets, um, and kind of using music to better his situation mm-hmm. after being so pissed off that this this relationship is going to be ending. I love the imagery of him walking through what I assume is New York. I, got, I can only assume. Yeah. <laughs> and he's Somewhere observing, on the East Coast. He's observing people having a good time in the city and listening to uplifting music and thinking about how he has gotten through bad times in the past. What can you do? You know, that's, that's something that uh, us music lovers love to do. We love to turn to music to, to help us get through things. To cope. To cope. To try to sometimes, find some relatability. Sometimes happy music. To prove that we're not alone. Yeah. Somebody else has gone through this. Yeah. So uh, the first the first lyric there in the first verse. And the steam heat pours from the bodies on the floor, down in the basements where the jackknives play, from the hub city girls and the ribbons and their cur- curls, who know the meaning of staying out late. Mm. It's just seeing pretty girls going off to party. You can't help but be, be happy about that, I guess. Oh, yeah. So. Um, also ma- kind of what your girl left you for. You know? I guess so. So, for me, personally, makes me think of walking around New York City with my wife. Uh, <laughs> it's alright, man. Don't look at me. It's alright, man. It's okay. Take your time, buddy. Alright. <clears throat> Don't look at me. Don't look okay, at me. Okay. I can't handle it. Take your time, man. Take your time. Alright, so, when my wife and I were in New York in 2012, thinking about how many people lived in all those stupid apartments... In that giant city, people doing normal, people doing normal suburban things like walking their dogs, <laughs> um, going to grocery stores, just hanging out, doing normal things, next to giant skyscrapers and shit like that, because um, this was their neighborhood where we grew up here, and there's not that kind of shit in our neighborhood. Yeah. So, again. I can do this. Take your time, man. This isn't even a bad song. No, it's not. It's all right. <laughs> this is the happy song, you fucking shit. <laughs> Take your time, buddy. Fuck, it's okay. Fuck, fuck. <laughs> it was peaceful and felt full of life at the same time. Before I had a child. <laughs> so, um, still seem a track that seems out of place, but I still love it. 
Right. Alright. I don't even cry at this song when I'm listening alone. It's alright, buddy. Why am I crying now, Mike? Why am I crying? <laughs> the, the, the sad stuff is coming, man. Yeah. It's alright, man. The ugly cry episode. Don't, don't worry about it. Alright. Don't be hard on yourself. Do you have any thoughts about that song? Does it feel like I, it, I was kind of like where really you placed? were there, but you know, I wasn't, um, you know, I wasn't uh, structuring it the same way that you were. Kind okay. of like you know, in, in a story, I thought it was more of a collection of songs. Uh, this this did seem just like you know, I'm going through some bad times, but you know, I like seeing other people happy. There you I go. Like going to the bar, I like seeing people hitting on one another. I like people seeing people having a good time. Yes. Something he does uh, in uh, Painkillers as well. That's right. In the Among Other Foolish Things. Among Other Foolish Things. There you go. Yes. Exactly. But he's hanging out with him in that one. Now he <laughs> is, yeah. This before he was so introverted. So, yes. Being in New York in 2012 was an interesting experience. Mm-hmm. And, of course, listening to Gaslight Anthem, I think back to that. It was only three days that I spent there. Yeah. But it was... It was significant. I feel like I got a, an understanding of the city in a weird sort of It's a very way. different culture. Yeah. You know? So, of course... You, you know, you can even get that just by, like, seeing footage of, of it and just the hustle and bustle, how the city is constantly alive. And it was, like, 12 o'clock at night, and we got we ended up in New Jersey, unfortunately, on the wrong, the mm-hmm. wrong bridge. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, like, good and frustrating and... Everything all at once. So it just kind of just takes you back city. to happy times and yes. you're out there with your wife. Yes. So, um, all right. Queen of Lower Chelsea. I'm only two pages in here. It's all right, <laughs> man. Don't worry about it. All right. Don't be so, so hard on yourself, all right? This one is the one that I don't have like a set understanding. Okay. Like a, a set feeling about where it comes from. It could be taken many different ways. Yeah, I have an interpretation of this as well. Okay. Go ahead. So, um... It could be her. It could be written from her perspective. Lamenting about how not accomplishing what she thought she should have by staying with him. Uh-huh. Much like back in track two on Stay Lucky. Though other times, I feel this track takes place sometime after the others in the chronology. It basically is about him learning that her new relationship is not going so well. Mm. Okay. When he says, right here, but we keep it down when we take a beating. Uh, perhaps implying she's being abused, but staying quiet about it. Okay. Not so sure, but I could think about it that way some of the time. That's a good way to put it. Um, kind of foreshadowing to what I believe Boxer might be about. We'll get to that in a couple of minutes. Um, he's remembering he knew about her past and the secret things that she had told him, as well as considering for her not being able to figure herself out. When he says, taken by the mysteries of New Orleans, i.e. palm reading, again. Yeah. <laughs> or try, trying to fit in with the uptight, rowdy girls in low, Lower Chelsea. Again, I don't know much about Lower Chelsea girls, but I assume they're all bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. Who knows? <laughs> and when he says, let's see, I don't know if it's right here in the second verse. When he says, and if you find a good man, don't take him home. I yeah, think Mike and I that, can understand that one. He says it lots of times. I think it's at the end of this stanza. Yeah. A lyric that has always resonated with me and my longings. I'm okay. I'm okay. Longings to be in a relationship in my youth. Uh, again, we're the good ones. They're the bad ones. But they want the bad ones. 
goddamn lower chest. It's, it's the excitement factor, you know. I and, guess. And a lot of girls fall into that trap. He'll keep me in my place, which is what I need. Here we go, uh, right? So he is also lamenting to her that now she's working full time, not doing the things she used to do, having fun in the past. Also tapping into him, pointing out how superficial qualities are all of her superficial qualities. Um, with it is ultimately a petty way of coping with relationship problems. <laughs> so he's like pointing out her, her superficial stuff, yeah, kind of in that petty, angry sort of way, mm-hmm. um, just, just kind of down. projecting his own frustration. Yeah, putting her down. Like a bit. you're such a bitch. All you care about is the way you look, and. I wish you were with me all the time. Like, why would you put somebody down if you wanted them to stay with you? It just you gotta, you gotta, it's, it's a weird power play. You right. gotta put them in their place so that they come to you for support. And when he says, when the gravity hangs on all the selling points you have, right here. Selling points you have. That's a very hurtful way of saying. When your like, body you, gets ugly. Right. When your body gets ugly and your only selling points are your, i.e., boobs, as yeah. I put here. <laughs> so those, this is <laughs> so this is about their this is about her new relationship or is it thinking about her relationship with him I'm not totally sure that's not a great totally way to, positive that's a great way to put this song um, pause it there um, I'm not sure either way he is implying that she is not happy with her life choices and he is commenting to on it more to point out the hypocrisy of how her choices have affected him, mm. <laughs> which as you're again, bringing me down externalizing because you suck. Right. Yeah. Thus continuing to externalize his feelings and blaming others for his problems. <laughs> again, am I talking from something I do during my weekly basis? I don't know. Anyway, um, uh, on a side note, I also love the haunting guitar work throughout the song. <laughs> the guitar work. Yes. Oh we also got to preface this just like last week, the musicianship masterful. If not a little confusing with its tone, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, that's, 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 that's just the Brian Fallon flavor. Right. So, I mean, again, I like looking at it from all these different angles. It's so many layers that you can yeah. almost think of something new and that's every what, time and, you hear it. And that's, and that's, that's, the, um, that's like the, the mark of a great album is that you can interpret it right. uh, many different ways. See, I, was, I was looking at it more, a little bit more superficially, too. I, think, I, I thought this song was just like her thinking to herself. Maybe arguing with herself that like, hmm. like it could things have been are better. yeah it could have been better. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of miss you know my party days from the past, my wild days from the past, mm-hmm. and I just wish I could go back to that. I wish I could be the queen of Lower Chelsea once right. again. And it's uh, it's also just commenting that you know she's getting older. Yeah, you know, she's pushing twenty six. Oh, maybe twenty seven. Hideous cow. And, you know the gravity starts setting in. <laughs> so, and again, I think it's just a a a frustrated kind of i don't know what's the word i'm looking for like he's just pissed off and he doesn't know what else to say so he just says something that puts her down puts her down very hurtfully in that moment out of his own frustration it's like a very like dude bro kind of douchey tactic that still goes on to this day still poetic so poetic but (laughs) no he's brian fallon's not promoting this (laughs) right right. he's just saying that this is like this is something that like douchebags kind of do like they'll Mm -hmm. put you they'll put down girls so to make them to make them feel bad, to make them feel bad. To again bring them back bring to them. them. Back to you, yeah. Gaslighting. Oh my Gaslighting. god, yeah. I'm gonna cry. Anyway, you didn't even cry last week, so now I feel stupid. Dude, I was choking up, and like <laughs> I think I was wearing my glasses. So maybe did you like, have to cover your face the way I did? No. And did don't your... worry about it. <laughs> because it's about to get real. Okay, I know. 
I've studied this album too. <laughs> so this I can't even listen to the opening guitar riff of this song or without knowing where it's taking us. This is where the album really starts to emotionally implode, implode my soul, okay. <laughs> as I wrote here. This is the angry, moving-on song from everything about the relationship. The song is hurtful to himself and others. The circus wheel symbolizing the, the symbolism that pops up throughout several Brian Fallon tracks starts it off as a memory of a happier time that he's letting go of. Dear God, I have given you the blood and the truth from the wounds that you laid on me. Of course, he's externalizing it being her fault. He is sad, but it shifts to him focusing on how he is also alone and has always been alone despite anything else in his life. Uh, okay. Take all the time you need, but just I'll, I'll let the song play. <laughs> we were orphan, orphans before we were ever the sons of regret. It's basically a tale of trying and wanting to be understood. But ultimately giving up on ever being understood. <laughs> you know, I fucking I drive home listening to this stupid song. And I cry. And I feel like a retard. And look, they have tinted windows. <laughs> no, dude, you're and not. And I say, fuck you, world. <laughs> so, of course, he <laughs> makes the parallel being an orphan, which always destroys me. As much as I don't want to believe this about myself, the songs brings up the feeling that I have when I'm not feeling connected to society and that I'm going through this alone. You know what? I never put this into words. It's always going through my head when I'm listening to this. I know. That's what uh, hurts. That's anyway. what hurts when you read it and you say it out loud. And All I do okay, in my man. car is say, I don't know. Fuck you, Brian Fallon. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so tapping into feelings of lone loneliness being ostracized as a kid and as a teen also calling back to the choirs when he says the lonesome understand with the choirs in my head I visualize this as listening to music and understanding your solitude <laughs> uh, pretty much like what I do when I listen to this stupid band <laughs> this band sucks Adam you hate this band now We'll give the hugs now. That's uh, got this. It's okay. It's okay. Don't beat yourself up, alright? So, I can't explain every lyric here, but I encourage everyone to read them and interpret them for themselves because it's just so damn good. <laughs> just nothing, nothing like any other Gaslight Anthem song. Finally, it's over. Fuck. We're almost there. We're almost there. <laughs> I thought I could do this. I've gotten emotional before. Anyway. You know, why did I have to put it into words? <laughs> for some reason, I felt that would help. Like, oh, yeah, I could read this. And well, it's fun. important for you to get it out because, know. you know, it. Then, then that way, going forward, you understand. And then that way you can help. It, it'll, it'll, it'll help you. When, when you understand it, then it hurts you less and less you know yes then you can go then you can cope through it some more yes 
Yeah, yeah, I know you Which should. is why I should listen to this every day? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> no, man, this is my medication to de- so desensitize day, myself? But, like, this is like a good <laughs> stepping stone to help you, like, to, to, um, you know, to, to help you move forward. And that way, you know, these memories going forward won't hurt you. They'll just be memories. Yes, you that can, they are. You can forgive yourself for the things that you think you did wrong. You can forgive your parents for, you know, make, making you feel like an right. orphan, making you feel like you were abandoned. And, right. You know, and you can forgive the people uh, in your life around you who, may, who didn't understand what you were going through because you didn't understand what you right. were going through as well. He was so quiet. I assumed he was fine. He was just, <laughs> he, we don't need to talk to him. He's okay. And I mean, you know, when you're five, six, seven, eight, nine, you don't know how to talk about anything you're feeling anyway. Exactly. So that's why I put it down on paper and read it on my podcast to make sense of it. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Made it through orphans. I love it. I uh, I should probably upload. We should upload our our interpretations of this so that other people can read our word documents. Yeah, that's so good that idea. they can you know if if they want to, I guess. <laughs> you know, yeah. We, if if people want it, uh, message us and then we'll we'll go ahead and send it their way. Okay, cool. Are we ready for boxer? Let's go to boxer. Okay. Do you guys like songs about spousal abuse? <laughs> oh, boxer. <clears throat> gotcha. Got your pride and your pros. Let's ignore this uh, weird intro for a minute. I think it's fine. I mean, it's like, it's... It's something. It's something. It's cute. They tried something new. It's fine. Again. It's just like three seconds long, so it can move past it. It's opening. It's opening is so positive sounding. Yeah. All right. Uh, This one is another one that could go both ways with the meaning. Again, I'm not positive about this. I'll just take it for what I think it might be. Yeah. Um, on the chorus, he says, taking it gracefully on the chin, knowing that the beatings would someday end, found the bandages inside the pin and the stitches on the radio. Yeah. I think Mike and I can relate with that. Exactly. That's exactly what the last, this episode and last week's episode is. There you go. Right there, that line. So I could interpret it as an abused child finding a way to heal through music, or I could look at it as a girl that he cares about, um, that he broke up with being beaten in her new relationship. And finding healing through music. <sighs> not totally sure, even though I was not beaten in my life. I can still sympathize with someone going through this and then finding a way to better themselves through creative expression. Emotional pain is just as valid as physical pain. You know? I think I spent more time writing this than I did listening to this album. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> Having to pause it. So... Um, the second verse seems to be about the actual abuser and him making excuses for his behavior. Yeah. Um, not to mention the incredible man tough like your father. I know. So I, I take that as being, it's about him being like, well, you know, this is where I came from and I probably should change it, but I can also be an abuser and I could also have creative outlets. Yeah. (laughs) So not to mention the incredibly hooky guitar riffs and cadence in the words. Mm Mm-hmm. It's one sad. Of the, one of their best written songs. I think so. You can take all long. It's so sad and poignant, but the music feels so happy, and you can sing along in a weird way. In a weird <laughs> way. This is, this is one of those songs that they're going to play in a, uh, in a crowd. Uh, and they're just going to sing along to it. You fucking idiots. <laughs> I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if this was a song about 
um, from a wife's perspective or a girl's perspective getting beaten by her partner. Right. Or if it was from a man's perspective, him reminiscing about being beaten by his family. Hmm. Because there's, there's lines in here, especially that, 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 that his tattooed knuckles. It kind of sounds like... I got to pause it there. It, it kind of sounds like... Um, from the tattooed knuckles thing, was you were being beaten by your father, mm. but you can, but you can also yes. interpret it like you're beaten by your husband or your boyfriend, right? And I just look at it as being the abuser in general, yeah. No matter who it would have, would have been, yeah. I don't think this is a. I don't know if it's from Fallon's perspective, it was a, if it's a specific person in mind, maybe the character of Cool. I don't know. That's kind of where I was thinking yeah. as well. He doesn't talk too much about him having tattooed knuckles, at least. But <sighs> old haunts, are we old ready? Haunts. Okay. Ugh. Right there. I will crumble every time I hear that guitar riff. It's the same four chords. Yep. It doesn't stick with it. Ugh. It, it just fills you with this fucking... Complex emotion. Ugh. This song is just so fucking good. <laughs> From the opening guitar riffs to the way the music drops out on the for the verse right here. I the, love the cadence of the verse. The case. The haunting guitar pluckings on the pre-chorus. Let's listen. Masterful oh. use of dual guitars. And the bombastic chorus coming soon. It has everything, including some hard-hitting lyrics per usual. Focusing on what they used to have in their younger days when they got together, how they shared their secrets about themselves. But don't talk about those old times and places anymore because they're dead. Yeah. <laughs> What's the point in bringing uh, them up, right? Thinking about their past as just being old haunts with forgotten ghosts and even trying to completely forget these memories. That's pretty harsh. It is really It's harsh. like, it's dead. I don't even want to know it's there anymore. There's no point in bringing it up. There's no point in trying to salvage it, reignite that spark. It's all long dead and there's <sighs> nothing we can do about it. Of course, the second verse is focusing on blaming her for this <laughs> and I saying that her life is no happier now that she's not with him. Every breath was like a funeral, baby, while you were packing up your car. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Again, I look at this as him being unable to admit on any of his own faults in the relationship. Um, that's something that's hard to do, though, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's more, you know, covering up and still blaming outwards. Yeah. And that's fine. That's something we're all guilty of. you got to do that to kind of cope. Yeah. It's good to be angry. That's like step one in the coping. Yeah. I, I, I think that's after, denial. after denial. <laughs> well, that is part of denial. It's, mm-hmm. it's your, your, I didn't do anything wrong. You did something wrong. Right. And then... Got some some bombastic Bruce Springsteen kind of shame shame shame. Fucking do do we need church bells in here to make it more bombastic? Yes. Yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. <laughs> you kept your mind and heart and youth just like a tomb. Oof. Just like a tomb. Ugh. And it's like, yeah, everything is perfect, and it's nothing like any other guitar or Gaslight Anthem track. It even fades away from the, the the standard Brian Fallon guitar riff structure. Yeah, it's a lot more bombastic than usual. Two, two, four, boom! Songs about the good times, those days are gone. So coming up right here on the outro, it sums it all up by saying, God help this man who says, if you had known me when, old haunts are all we've ever known. Ooh. He ends that on... It's like just... We'll never learn. It's just, fuck it all. I don't give a shit. (laughs) 
anger. I love it. Um, so I feel he is pitying anyone who focuses solely on the pleasant parts of the past when there are so many bad parts. <laughs> That's pretty harsh, right? It is. Like, how dare you? <laughs> this hits Jesus. me so well sometimes. <laughs> Dear God. Um, it's angry, but with a bittersweet sadness, like mm-hmm. when you are screaming and crying at the same time. Yeah. And now I feel like I'm going to pass out. <laughs> you going to take a break? <sighs> Deep breaths. I'm good. Okay. I'm good. Okay. Any other mic insights? <laughs> no, I think you hit it right there. I think this is probably the most on page we've been for at least this song. This is definitely the angry, blaming, denial song. Oh, and and uh, when you're singing to it in your car with windows, winter windows tinted and no one can see you, yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, you know, and that's that's the beauty of like that's like what we're doing right now. Because you, you 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 we make these songs our own, and just like you said, like in your car all alone, it, yep. you, it feels like it, the song was written just for you. And uh, and even if I'm listening to it at work, I have to close my door. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't nobody walk in right now. No, this is my <laughs> song. Please, nobody come back. Are you ready for the spirit of jazz? Spirit of jazz. I have to say before we start, spirit of jazz, one of my favorite. Gaslight Anthem songs of all time. I think so. It's got to be a crowd favorite, you know? Mm-hmm. It definitely is. It's one of the most singable. So I'll just say right now before I start this sco- song, I am scared to start writing about how what this song does to me. Oh, <laughs> Let's play it. Okay. <laughs> and if you need to pause, take a break. No, because okay. the song will still be there. <laughs> okay. How many minutes? Three minutes and 13 seconds of pure... It's a short one. So, sure... It's about the breakup. Sure, it has the standard Brian Fallon chord progression that always hits me, and I should be annoyed with him for falling back on it so often, but this song, dot, 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 this song. I almost feel like he is dreaming that everything is back to normal again. Cool is dead, baby. Cool is dead, meaning the new guy is gone, gone. now love, love a better me. And idealizing that they can have the relationship they saw up on the screen. I know he knows this is not a possibility. Hollywood relationships are always phony. <laughs> Yet we still strive for them and what they represent. Yeah, there's a there's a certain romanticism to that. <sighs> then he again laments back to when they had what they had and how he knows they can get it back regardless of how much they were hurt. And then the chorus always hits me with its pounding cadence. Asking her if he was good to her, the wife of his youth. Almost writing the song from the perspective of him. (laughs) Uh, Him as an old man looking back on his first true love relationship. And no matter what, he's always going to wait for him. But then reminding her that he will always be waiting for her on those streets when she comes back. Ugh. (laughs) I wrote it there. The second verse, he's telling her that he is the only one that can hurt her and the only one who can repair her with the salt on my tongue. It makes me think of all the dysfunctional relationships that are built on someone being crude to the other one and the quiet one not doing anything to change it. Uh, So That's unfortunately uh, all too common, too. Too common. I can't say everything I've been through relates to that, but I can still say... It's pretty damn good. The bridge is so panderingly beautiful for him to tell her. Pandering. <laughs> I love that. He's the only one who can fix her. 
only I can heal your wounds. Yeah. It's like you're listening to this and you're hearing the bullshit. Hence but the term a, gaslighting. But it's a beautiful bullshit, though. Yep. And it's it's when you can't go on. Even like in real life, that's what people fall for. Yep. Hence again with the gaslighting. But with so much emotion and longing for her that he believes it and it's still beautiful. Yeah. Broken relationships. I hate how much I love it and I want to believe this level of true love can exist. Bold, bold, bold. <laughs> Though both he and I know sometimes it's only something on the screen. And this is why I cry every time I hear it. Uh, why did I have to write this? Okay. Because it's so hopeful and so crushingly realistic. <laughs> Epic outro chorus. That was beautiful, man. That was beautiful. <sighs> and luckily, the last two tracks are calm. <laughs> yes. As we kind of round it all out. Yeah. Worse on the other songs. You're doing I, a great I, got, job. I got through it. It's you're all right. Doing, you're doing a great job. Don't worry about it. So luckily, when I'm driving home, I have a good 20 minutes or so more of my commute after mm-hmm. this song <laughs> to, to calm myself down and pretend like nothing. Not, I, I haven't been doing anything. I'm not sad. Home. You're sad. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> all right. It, what do you feel about Spirit of Jazz? No, you're 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 right on the money. Uh, when I was studying this song too, you know, the song is exactly that. It's about a bullshitter. <laughs> trying to tell a girl, trying to tell a girl that I'm the only one for you, you know. I'm, I, I may hurt you, but maybe that's what you need. Yep. You know, maybe that's what I need. Maybe. You know. And, 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 I'll keep trying it, to do better, but I'm not so sure about that, myself. Yeah, we both know that's not going to happen, but yeah. Uh, but uh, what do you call it? Uh, um, in in a weird, morbid way, it's a beautiful song about broken love, and uh, yeah, it's it's just it's just really well written, and it's uh. It's a beautiful song. Beautiful song. One of the best. All right. Track 10. We did it when we were young. You think that would be a fun fun title? We did <laughs> it. Youthful lovemaking. Yeah. What we did is it. <laughs> All right. So back to the haunting guitar plucking to emphasize the overall mood. So sad. With this track, the reality is setting in about the relationship being over. I don't remember the good times. I wasn't there when you, we were when you were. Yeah. I wasn't there when you were kind. Mm. That hurts. It was. <laughs> it's almost like I know you were kind, but I don't. I was. I don't think I was ever. All either, I know is who you are. Yeah. You know? Physically or emotionally, was I there? I don't think so. He has nothing positive to focus on anymore. I wasn't there when you were kind. And then I'll, I'll, just, I'll wait for the chorus right here. Um, on the chorus, he says, We were liars, lovers in combat, faded like my name on those jeans that I burned. Faded like my like your name on those jeans that I burned. What, how are you supposed to take that? Letting her go, right? It's finally time. But 
I can't think of anything positive about it. And that's okay. Yeah. You know? Sometimes art has to go to that dark place. It has to go to that mm-hmm. ugly place that we don't like to explore within ourselves. And that's why we have art. And that's why we have these albums to, to express that. On the beginning of the chorus, he says, I am, uh, he says, I cannot hold the candle for every pretty gun. I don't know what that means. I think it's just slang for uh, like a pretty girl, a pretty, pretty little firecracker girl. For all the years, I thought he said girl right there until I read the lyrics not that long ago. Yeah. And I was just like, I, 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 is that maybe what it means? Like just kind of calling her? I took it. Calling took her it as, a loaded gun in I, a way? I, I took it as like a little firecracker kind of girl. Okay. I could dig that because it's still talking about her being a girl. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, so f- the chorus focuses on him trying to forgive himself and that he is older now and I think to learn from his mistakes from his youthful past. Of course, the second verse. <clears throat> is about burying the past, i.e. her bones and looking for something else to focus on yeah. and someone else to find her bones. I, I, <laughs> All you can focus it's on... my problem now. It's somebody else. Right. All you can focus on is looking at your past productively, recognizing that you were young at the time and don't make the same mistakes and put your faith in another plot where your heart and c- your claws will not find. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> it's like... Holy shit. It's still externalizing, which is fine. Yeah. But it's dramatic in a good way. And he's not going to make the same mistake with the next one. Hopefully. It all comes back around on Sleepwalkers. Yeah. I mean, we've also listened to Get Hurt and Handwritten and Elsie and... Painkillers. And Painkillers (laughs) and all those albums in between this and Sleepwalkers. Yeah. So, hopefully it's just him, like... You know, going back to that same well for inspiration. It's not a yeah. constant flow of disappointment, breaking hearts, and right. the same mistakes. I'm glad that that's not the closing track. Because no. She Loves You is technically a bonus track. Is it really? Yeah, oddly enough. I didn't know that. It's the iTunes bonus track. Oh. But this album would be lost without it. This is the perfect way to end this album. Uh, she Loves You, track the opening just screams closing track of course focusing on New York imagery that I do not fully understand yeah. <laughs> I can guess for what it is but I don't know well, New Jersey is such a small state yeah people, if it's a lot of people in President Coast, Street like, yeah. you can find the sisters I don't know praying over my city's heart you He is using it to make a somewhat positive point about ending the relationship. The chorus is so hauntingly perfect, though the lyrics are open to a lot of interpretation. Then your heart will find the words. I'd like to think that when he says that he can navigate her seas, if she were there, or... If she were to come back to him, but he knows she is the only one in control of that, and he has to just wait. So I'd like to think that he still is saying that he can navigate her seas if she were to come back to him, but he knows that she's the only one that can control it. Correct. Yeah. 
you just have to be patient and you just have to wait for that opportunity should it ever arise. Referring to himself and her as Romeo and Juliet in the second verse and the bridge gives it more emotion. Another famous broken couple. (laughs) Obviously basically saying their love and lives are doomed together, though she believes though she believes in him still. Also metaphorically saying to him that working on his music is like putting all of his blood into his sermons. So she's just basically saying, like, keep working on your music. I know you're going to be great. That's what you're, that's what you're good at. But not so great at relationships. Yeah. But, it's know, not going to be me. I went out, had my head and my heart kicked around. I went out, I went out, had my head and my heart kicked around. <sighs> so the, the, the gang vocals here on the very end of the song. Which ends the album. Do you miss her right now? Did belong to me. Yes. Um, well, we'll get to there in a minute. But it's it's just it's it feels like a letting go. In yeah. A, I mean, the last lines. If tonight my true love did belong to me, dared belong to me. I got did. <laughs> yeah. So either way, similar stuff. Same same thing. Um, I think I I've been saying did did for a long time. Yeah. But on the lyrics, I looked up said dared. Whatever. It's okay. same thing. <laughs> but yeah, right here at the end when he says, do you miss her right now? It's so sad and haunting, but works towards letting her go. I feel it rounds out the album perfectly. Do you miss her right now? And you just like visualize him walking off into the, into the sunset. <laughs> on President Street. Yep. <laughs> like... You miss her right now, but you know she's going to do whatever she's going to do. She believes in you, and that's all you can take from it. Yep. Which is almost a weird closing chapter on that. Absolutely. So overall, then, do you have closing thoughts? So the album always leaves me wanting more, and I'm always surprised when it's over. <laughs> Every single time, I'm always like, "Oh shit, this is the last song." I, well, you've got handwritten, uh, yeah, <laughs> you got handwritten next. So it takes me through so many emotions, and I often feel that that, that I often feel I have buried away, usually for the better, mm. <laughs> so that I continue continu- can continue to function as a band. This album stands out from the early albums and the later albums. I feel like handwritten is kind of just dwelling in the muck. Of the aftermath. Hmm. I felt like handwritten was kind of like they're breaking away from everything previous to that. Well, even when 45 starts out, they're telling yeah. him, like, hey, man, you should turn the record over. <laughs> Let her go. Nah, man. Let somebody else lay at her feet. <laughs> so I feel like that kind of sets that album up for just more kind of just feeling miserable that she's sure. not with him anymore. It's still yeah. a great album. It's sometimes my favorite album. Of course. Sometimes this is my favorite album. Yet to be determined, I guess. Today, is, today this is your favorite <laughs> album. It opens up my longings and regrets and resentments that I, have still, that I still have to live with and know that I cannot do too much to change. Having no resolution at the end helps me to remember that I don't always need resolution to still be functional and happy. Well, that's, that's the beautiful thing about life. It's ongoing and the there's no end. time limit. There you go. Any of that. You Life can... never ends. Never <laughs> ends. Forever. <laughs> just like this album, it goes on forever. <laughs> but, you know, it's just like there's so much more to be fucking determined. Yeah, man. So I have my resentments from the past. 
things got better. Things were not so great. People die. If thing, you know, you get they die, and then you have all these other leftover unanswered questions mm-hmm. from that. All the while, you're trying to make sense of who your dad is. Yeah. Somehow, when you have this visualized image of him looking like Brian Fallon does on the Fifty Nine Sound, right, yeah. You know, thing. And you're like, no, that wasn't the dude. My my dad was not that cool. It's a weird <laughs> betrayal when you're older, and you know, I guess you know, you and I can relate to this when you realize your parents aren't the people you thought they were when you were growing up. Mm-hmm. You know. So all you can do is try not to be that parent. Yeah. As I and, shut the window on. My child <laughs> trying to talk to me during my podcast as I was trying to talk about how to be a good parent. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I have I have this whole uh, dissertation. No, save it on my iTunes or on my Word documents. No, definitely save <laughs> if it. Anybody if, wants to read it? Ever? If anybody? I guess. Yeah, needs the time to read it on their own, and definitely go track by track and read it on your own as well. And and even with Mike's, was still searching. Yeah, I have that as well. I can probably expand on it as well because a, a lot of it was me reading it and then jumping off of what I was reading. So I can also expand on it as well if people need that. There you go. Yeah. All right. I think I covered everything. It's I out. I think you did, yeah. There you go. How many hours have we been recording now? But, uh, that, but, that, but, but seriously, that was, that, was, that was beautiful. And that was, that, was, that was really good and very brave of you to, to, to talk about all of that on the air and I'll let it come out. I'll probably never cry in public ever again. <laughs> it's okay <laughs> to you, man. It's I can okay. I can make it through all sorts of craziness yeah. in my day to day life. Mm-hmm. Um, but and I went without crying. But then you put this fucking album on, and it just it's, it goes. It's yeah. weird. That's why I had to choose this album. Yeah, like I can cry at parts of handwritten, but just not in the same way. Oh, don't we all? Not know. on cue. <laughs> you know, uh, when that specific chord hits right mm-hmm. there, right at that verse. <laughs> So I'll probably go I'll, – I'll need to take a break from this album for a while Yeah. now that I've right, spilled everything right in my head about so, it. But, it but, like, but it's like I was saying. It's good that you wrote that down and you read it out to yourself and read it out to me, read it out to our audience because yep. that's, that's part of the healing process. Yeah. <sighs> and it's never too late, dude. It's never too late. That's you, true. And you don't have to beat yourself up if you ever feel like, like oh, well, I should have left that in the past. It's still, it's still with me. No, there's, that, right. there's no such thing as that. You can, you can carry things – with you as long as you need them to stay with you because eventually you're eventually you'll process it. Well, yeah, this is part of that process, I guess. Cause you yeah. just kind of, you, you just keep living it. It's just, it's still part of your life. Yeah. You can't go back and change it. All of the people, all the, all the characters are like old people now and mm-hmm. or dead. So it's like, what are they going to do? What are they going to tell me? That's going to be like, Oh wow. It's just like, whatever. You so know? try to find your own peace, make your mm-hmm. own peace with the things that you are not able to, resolve on your own Mm -hmm. my therapist taught me that there you go (laughs) and i'm saying Uh, it now (laughs) you not not knowing anything about the therapy field or anything like that i I should pass that knowledge on to you i know nothing thank you so much my parents didn't didn't teach me about this no or or talk to me about my emotions very much (laughs) well it sounds like they they, it seriously sounds like they didn't uh, i'm sure they tried like I could, I could, I could think of like little parts here and there, but it just, it never really. Our parents worked. were from the generation where you're not allowed to talk about. I know. Things. Though my parents were like going, like that was their living, was to yeah. talk to people about their emotions and get well, them through this that kind of work, stuff. Though. You don't bring yeah. that home. Yeah. Like Pam brought her. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> it still doesn't make sense, and I hope that that kind of makes sense to some people. 
But I mean, now that people it know, it doesn't have to make sense to you, man. That, that's 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 her business, mm-hmm. and that's what she did. I mean, it's your mom's business too. But right, you know, it's, I could I could tell you ten more years of stories about what happened between Pam and and the woman she left my mom for, her yeah. mentally ill client. Yeah. But we don't. You told me a lot. Too. I know. Do we have another hour? I mean, I could tell you because <laughs> all of that ties in oddly to my current job in a weird way. Yeah. So anyway, those are the things that I just like learn sometimes when I go to visit her because now we're like on good terms, and my my mom can't believe I still like have some sort of relationship with Pam. Yeah. And when I go there, like it's awkward internally, but I'm like I I have to like live with it because my daughter loves her and my wife loves her because she didn't know anything about the past the same way that I'm cool with my wife's parents and yeah. she has her issues with them. Yeah. Like she's totally fine with Pam and I still have my long ago so issues just, that I try to not let bother me too yeah, much. Just kind of look at it casually, I suppose. Cause you know, all I have from what I have from my parents are what I grew up with. So me even just telling people about it is not, is never going to be enough. You're never going to get that perspective from when I lived it. Right. And my, oh, my dad would just yell at me and then spank me after I was crying to make me cry even more. Oh, you want, you want, you want to, you really want us to have a reason to cry, to cry? I'll give you that reason. You'll give me a reason to cry. So, you know, you know, it's it, bullshit like that, but mm-hmm. you know, you see my dad and you're like, Oh, look at this funny autistic man. <laughs> it, it's, it's oh, weird. I, I can't say I've had a conversation with him. No, you've never, you, you haven't, but <laughs> I'm just saying like, Oh, look at this awkward guy here mm. at this little girl's birthday party with yeah. uh, you know he's very tall he's very tall <laughs> six four um but yeah but like right. i was saying that that was that that, that was that was great how you you shared that and you gave me an under a better a, a much better appreciation for american slangs but even i, I was and I, and I was going into it this week thinking like oh I'll, I'll study it and i'll know exactly where adam's coming from by the end of the week and and even then i was like wow i, I still most of these songs, I don't know where he would, what angle he's going to be taking this from. But yeah, because uh, I mean, when I'm crying about it and I'm trying to figure out why I'm having so much emotion yeah. when I listen to pretty much anything Brian Fallon, I spent like the last two weeks really, really going as deep as I could to yeah. figure out why a certain line meant something to me. Yeah, and I think that that really helped. And then to write it down was yeah. like, oh, there it is. That's cathartic. Now, now I now I can't you know, forget that. Yeah. And, and I, and I've been studying, like I'm still searching like almost since 2006 for the most on and off for the most part. So right. it was a lot, I guess it was a lot easier for me to write it down and talk and, 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 and talk about it. I did get pretty choked up last week, but, uh, um, you know, some of our listeners cried <laughs> too, mm-hmm. but, um, but, but, you know, it, but it, but it is good because it helps us give more, a better understanding of ourselves. Right. And at the, at the, at the end of the day, like that's what we need to do for ourselves in order to, understand the people that we love it was the same kind of thing when you go back to 59 sound like the song old white lincoln he Mm -hmm. talks about you and your white and your sailor tattoos and your 55 that you drove through like that that kind of imagery just brings back what my dad's family was because they were like really blue collar guys even though my dad was not a blue collar guy Mm -hmm. but like i always i had always just created this imagery of this what fantasy. of what yeah. that life was and like all this longing when I was a kid like oh that was the family I was supposed to grow up yeah. with and if I had just been with that family I would have been so happy and like all the stuff I made my peace with now but then in a weird way for Gaslight Anthem to bring back that imagery because <laughs> my uncle my, Almost, my dad's younger brother had all these classic cars oh. so anytime Brian Fallon talks about classic cars it's like 
all I can think about is my uncle and how again. at home I felt with that side of the family, which is why I'm such a fucking Cubs fan because that family was all baseball and football. Mm. So bears and Cubs and bulls. So it's like, that's why I'm so drawn to this now. And I get freaking tattoos and I cry my eyes out when the Cubs win a world series and shit like that. No, that's, you know, and, like, and that's all valid, man. That's like not something you should crazy connections. Yeah. That's not something that you should like mock or make fun of or anything. Right. Cause that's, that's, that's all valid. It's part of your life experience. And that's something that makes you who you are. Right. You know, that you, and, you are who you are. That's what makes your wife love you. That's what makes me love you. That's what makes all your friends love you and your family. And Yes, and that that's that none of that should be invalidated. And now they're all right wing Fox News loving <laughs> people who I'm like, oh god, I'm so glad I didn't grow up with those people. There you but go. <laughs> in my brain, I have this perfect image of what my childhood could have been. <laughs> yeah, same here, dude. Same here. Like I had this, I had, same as you. I had this weird fantasy about my dad. Like he would always talk about the Navy, and I always imagine like, oh, he was a, he was his Navy hero. Oh, he, he wow. would, he yeah. was his Navy sailor. He was on the he was on the the the, the 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 USS Ronald Reagan oh, and, man. And, and and but no he was he was a computer tech he was a computer Just tech a dude he, he stayed a, there for a couple of years yep. knocked up a Filipino lady knocked up a Filipino lady <laughs> and that was the end of that chapter yep so, you know, so. so we, we we all idolize mm-hmm. the heroes of our um, of our past but uh, mm-hmm. you know in and unfortunately for some people when we get older. Like the, they don't live up to that fantasy we have in our head. So we right. have to try to be so better we, than that. Then we search for that in our relationships with women, ah. and sometimes ah. it doesn't always come to fruition. Hey, I'm, I, I, <laughs> I got some, I got some experience in that. Uh-huh. No, but uh, we have to try to do that for our kids, though. We have to try to, we have to try to Cause be my, the heroes that we that they expect from us. I know, because I almost feel uncomfortable with how much my daughter loves me. It's, it's like, an odd feeling. Isn't can it? you go away? <laughs> it's an odd Stop feeling. Stop wanting me around so much, but then you're like, oh, oh my whatever. god, she just loves you. That's why. And, and your daughter, I'm sure, is the same way. And definitely, oh, yeah. at five. This, it, <laughs> and just uh, yesterday morning, like, she woke up. Uh, we woke up around the same time, so I go to the brec- I go to the kitchen to make her breakfast, and she just comes up behind me and just gives me a big old bear hug from behind, mm-hmm. and I can't move, and I'm trying to make her <laughs> breakfast, and I but I don't want to tell her to stop hugging me because all she wants to do is express her love to right. her dad, who right. she loves very much, and it's a, it's a weird balance, you know. And you're just like, can you get off me? I'm gonna burn you right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I that, that's just all part of me. It's all about the balance. We got to find that balance, you know kind of folding myself into parenthood and being like nobody loves nobody loves me this much nobody's ever loved me this much yeah and it's a weird Yet, feeling this thing won't go away from me and give me the five <laughs> minutes of silence i need while i take a crap or something yeah you know it's like i don't know i'm still figuring that part no, out but, but the That's cool tough. thing about parenting too is that there's no like nobody's perfect at it so you you don't but you don't you, need to Hold yourself to the standard of being perfect. I know what not to do, though. You know, you know we know, I know exactly what not we to know do. what not to do, and that's the important thing. Don't divorce and not tell anybody. Tell your child. Don't move to Ireland. Don't move to Ireland sudden, without telling your yeah. kid. If you're going to move don't, to Ireland, you should at least tell Nora and Iris. <laughs> don't start a relationship with your client. That For some reason that either that one that one resonates with me. Oof! Ouch! Because, <laughs> like I mentioned last week. Therapy with 21-year-olds is not always the greatest thing in the world. No. I, I forgot to mention that that patient, that client, was 21 years old. Oh, no. My mom's partner, Pam, at the time was like 38. Oh. Guess who's going to be 38 this year? Oh. And has two thumbs. This guy. Yeah. 
No, but, that, but, but I think that the, the best takeaway we can take from this episode and last episode is that we know what to do going forward. You and I have have have, have the heads on our shoulders, where we have the perspective and we have the forethought, and we're both good people. We both we're both good men. And I think that we, I think we, I think we both set a good example of that to our kids, and to our partners, and to our spouses. And I think that's that, that's good. And we should hang our heads high about that, despite despite how crushingly depressing American slang and still searching are <laughs> for us. You know, uh, we can we we can still hold our heads high, knowing that we're gonna go. We're gonna be okay. There you go. We're okay now. We're gonna be okay going forward. All right. So until we podcast again. Until we podcast again. I guess I'll never see you again. Sucks. Watch. We'll be here in like two weeks. I'll be here. I'll be here soon. (laughs) Oh, but dude, thank you so much. And again, thank you to all of our listeners. We hope. I know that was an emotional roller coaster past Mm -hmm. two weeks. Uh, Glad you didn't have to see my face as I'm blubbering away. Dude, don't. (laughs) Stop giving yourself a hard time. It's okay. okay. I've cried in front of you countless times (laughs) uh but uh what was i gonna say um if you want to message us on the skinny page skinny mike and adam on facebook uh we'll still answer you um we won't read them on the show obviously going forward but um but uh please feel free to give us recommendations we're gonna have some free time we're not gonna be doing (laughs) podcasting for a while uh and you know let us know what you thought um yeah stay subscribed everybody this is so long from uh, Adam and Mike and uh, thanks you guys for the wonderful six years for however long you were listening thank you for giving us your time this week and last week do it we hope you appreciated it good night okay okay bye now (laughs) (laughs) oh